sun is coming up slowly I didn't read any lost our sign on mine God knows I'm not holy And decisions we make and how we spend our time But I got faster and faster And you got harder to please and you got harder to find And our prayers were answered And we wrote these songs and we lost our minds And all our most brilliant friends are doubting Uh, hello seems a little formal. This is Friend Diagram, a show about differences. I'm uh, Ian Riley, and with me every week is uh, uh, your dungeon master, your best friend, your gardener in disguise, my normal friend Rob. Hi, Rob. Hi, Ian. How are you? Doing good. Some of that uh, introduction's a little preemptive. I don't think I'm the dungeon master yet. No, not not for like 48 hours. Yeah, I've got a little bit of time to still last minute prepare. I hope it is a cooler day two days from now. It should Let's talk be. about the weather. That's a good... This uh, is not People topical. can listen back to this months or years from now when I release it, if I release it. Uh, and enjoy that it was hot, even though it was October. <laughs> On my walk to the bus this morning, um, despite the fact that it was kind of rainy, I got more water on my rain jacket from sweat than from the rain. Hmm. So, yep. Uh, all right, so let's call that a segue. Um, <laughs> Ian's been getting up early. It's uh, weird. I don't know if it happened because I started going to bed earlier or if work has just been insane, but I've been getting up like a good hour 15 or so earlier than usual. Uh, I used to be like a 7.45 to 8.15 kind of wake up to get into work for 9.30 or so, uh, and now I'm getting up at like... Ooh. Probably six fifteen, six thirty most days. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't feel like it's all that helpful because uh, most of the time it means that I'm catching like the eight forty five ish buses to work, or like the eight fifteen ish buses, and they're like three times more crowded. So I get to work like a little earlier, but there's a little more traffic, so I don't save that much time. And because the bus is packed, I just like sweat on the bus. Oh, uh, that's rough. Um, the other day, the bus got stuck on the highway. I got in. I was supposed to get in an hour early. The bus literally sat on the highway for 40 minutes. And the bus got so warm that I could see condensation on the windows from just, like, sweat in the air. Like, that was the situation of this bus I was on. They didn't, like, open a door or something to vent it? That would have been a good plan. But for some reason, no one, including me, even though I was standing next to the bus driver, thought to suggest it. <laughs> um it was, it was, like, pretty cold out that day, so that would have been so good. Yeah, that would have been a, a good call then. But. I think this is the kind of person that I'm, like, supposed to want to be is, like, oh, yes, I get up in the morning and I go to bed because, like, I, I don't know. I feel like culturally there's, like, this, uh, like, this morality to being someone who wakes up early. Like, in that... Even if you put in the same amount of work every day and produce the same amount of things, if you do it earlier in the day, you're viewed as being more productive. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, I definitely know that, like, at my office, it is more respected to do, like, 6 to 4 than it is to do 8 to 6. Really? Absolutely. That's... Huh. I mean, I guess that was kind of the way it was at, at my old office, um, although I think that was mostly people trying to shift hours around for traffic. Mm -hmm. Um, but the same deal, it was 
seven to three was looked at better than eight to four. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's an interesting cultural thing we have. Whereas I feel, you know, if I if I take a slower morning, I feel like I feel a lot better. See, I have a hard time taking a slow morning and then, like, getting into anything. If I take the morning slow, the rest of my day is mostly slow. Really? Yeah. Like, oh. I'm not good at... Basically, like, I can get up, get out of bed, take a shower slowly, and after that, if I keep going slowly, the rest of my day is slow. Oh, see, if I, um, if I, like, get... If I get into my day too quickly, which happens all the time... I feel like I have woken up in the office, you know? Okay. And then I have this feeling where it's like, okay, I like did not exist for six to eight hours. And then I woke up and here I was at work. I'm kind of okay with that because that if I can cut down the time between getting out of bed and getting into work to do stuff, that's like, I don't want to say it's, I view it as like wasted time, but it's time that I could spend doing something else rather than just, you know, getting ready in the morning and being in transit. Mm -hmm. If I can get that out of the way fast, I can have like more time at night when I get home and do stuff. See, I'd rather have like, I don't know how true. I'm of both minds. I want more time on both sides of work. That's what I want. (laughs) I want more time to sleep. I want more time on both sides of work. So we just need to move to a planet with longer days. Yeah. Yeah. Or just really look forward to the upcoming leap second. Yeah, that'll uh that'll <laughs> really quench my thirst for some uh some good old quality rob time. Unaccrued PTO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I made it. Uh I'm so I'm transferring over to the government side on Monday. Um and the part of me making it is not the fact that I have uh gotten this pseudo promotion to work for the government now, but it is the fact that I have not run out of paid time off before doing so good job yeah i'm coming through with 0.03 hours which is less than i can bill um (laughs) but you know we're making it does 0.03 break down to in minutes in minutes that's uh oh you're right i should just have some celebration minutes uh that's gonna be what two minutes 1.8 minutes all right um hit it by 60 what's that multiply that by 60 108. Oh, some lost seconds there. Oh, no. Yeah, um, I'm excited because on Friday, I'm going to go to Bar Me because I'm going to get off work at like 4. Nice. Yeah, because uh, I have to get off work at 4 to turn my badge in and all that. Oh, the office is closed otherwise? Uh, the person who I'm turning them into at Beep. is going to be gone. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. It's kind of a nice enforced uh, early Friday on your last day. Um, a little bit. I think for a lot of people, it'd be a late Friday. Well, yeah. What well, well, with the whole virtue of uh, 8 to 4 that we were just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my job's going to be exactly the same. So, you know. But I have more money for it. Yeah, so that's cool. No reason to turn that down. Yeah. Rob, do you... um? Uh, you want to talk about parking brakes or no, I'm just going to go into this cause this one's short. Rob, do you use your parking brake? Wait, uh, you drive a manual car. I usually do. Yes. Okay. You usually use your parking brake or you usually drive a manual car. I usually drive a manual car. I almost never use a parking brake. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. Why, when in the world are people supposed to use parking brakes? Uh, I have an answer when you're done. I would use it on a steep hill. I don't have a definition for that. What, how steep a hill needs to be. I think the number one reason that people I know use parking brakes is so that I seem like an idiot and damage the car some <laughs> while I drive it. And they don't feel like telling me that they are a barbarian who uses the parking brake. <laughs> See, I wouldn't use it then because I would forget I had it on and stall my car out as soon as I go to drive away. <laughs> no, see, in an automatic, in a new automatic, uh, you'll get the light warning you have the parking brake on. In some automatics, um, it'll actually disengage automatically when you accelerate. Uh, but in like some shitty cars, you won't even be able to tell that it's on while you're driving. Be- which then tells you this parking brake is doing shit for you. And one of our our, um, our fleet vehicles at the testing site I worked for out west, um, I drove one of our trucks a couple of miles with the parking brake on mm-hmm. and had no clue. So it's probably, yeah, especially it, it seems like a lot of people will put it on on the flats. I don't, that's one I don't get, like... Honestly, if your car is in gear, you probably don't need it anyway. Maybe if you live in, like, Seattle or San Francisco, but, like, or Maniunk, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, like, other than that, you really don't need it except to make other people look silly when they drive away with it on. I don't mean, this is clearly a thing where this is my problem that I'm just <laughs> imposing on everyone else. I don't mean to turn this into like a which way do you put the toilet paper kind of situation where I demand that one thing is right and one thing is wrong. The patent says over, just uh, saying. But if you have a cat or whatever people say. Oh, the cats just rip it up anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I don't have a real preference on it. I just like to point out that the patent says I have over. A, I have a preference. I just think it's a weird thing for the internet to yell at people about. I, okay, let me rephrase that. I have a preference. It, I don't have an, a side in this argument. There we go. What about what about Gift Jeff? Um The Great Battle mm, of twenty fourteen. I accept that the creator says it's Jif. I um I'm going to ignore that. Still like to call it GIF. Okay. Do you get upset at people who use the other one? Uh no. No. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of a reserved no. Uh past slash probably future guest Tony uh definitely has problems with I'm not sure which. Maybe she hates it when I say GIF. Or maybe she hates it when I say GIF. I think she's in the the GIF. So we should say GIF as much as possible. Hmm? What? No, she likes GIF. Oh. Or wait, are you trying? I'm not even sure what's happening anymore. I can't tell if I'm trying to harass, and I also can't tell which thing would be the nice thing to say and which thing is the mean thing. Well, we've just confused ourselves a whole awful lot. That's okay. <laughs> I think I say GIF normally. Uh, I do. I think that the peanut butter pun was like a really bad pun and it wasn't like if it was a quality pun. Yeah. You know what? Stick with that. But you know, scuzzy cables, S C S I, they're like a little older than us. Yeah. Um, they are according to the, whatever meeting it was where they were designed, they're meant to be pre- meant to be pronounced sexy cables. That doesn't make that much sense. Yeah, no, it's a similarly... Yeah. Or probably worse. Uh, yeah, that's kind worse. Of acronymism. That's like the um, the 
rapid transit network. I was going to build in Factorio the other day and call it the Factorio Area Rapid Transit Network after the Bay Area Rapid Transit Network. Didn't realize it spelled out fart until after I made it. <laughs> and then I couldn't change it. It's what it's going to be called. It's a, it's been a it's pretty small fake week, but the previous fake week was so big that we still have like old things we haven't talked about. Yeah, I think this is one of the rare occasions where a fake week and a real week align. Yeah, um, possibly within an hour. Yeah, like, like it, it's very unusual. But hey, we did it. Yeah. Good job, us. Um, uh, do we want to talk? What do you want to talk about? I got a point of comparison to last fake week real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last fake week, I had an iPhone because my old phone was broken. Today, my new phone arrived. And um, it's very good, and I like it a lot. And all the people on Reddit that are complaining about the display, um, unless I just didn't get one of the defective ones, um, should probably stop holding the phone two inches from their face to analyze the display. Um, Because it's pretty good. Um, Seems like a difficult place to use your phone. Yeah. uh, People say that, like, it has a grainy texture when you hold it up very close to your face, like, kind of like a piece of paper. Um. But, like I said, unless I got one of the phones that did well on QC and other people have ones that did poorly, um, you really have to get it close to your face to see that. Um, And there is, like, some blue shifting when you tilt the phone to a certain angle, but it's, like, 45 degrees, not the, like, 2 degrees people were claiming. So, I I have a real phone again, and FedEx uh, learned yesterday apparently doesn't regard Monday as a business day. So... They're a hip restaurant, this FedEx. <laughs> they have an X in the name, so you know it's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those places that abbreviates their name so that they can rebrand and seem hip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, uh, uh, not TransUnion, not Experian. What's the other one? Mm. Equifax. Okay. Yeah, Equifax was a rebrand after uh, there was a large public questioning like, hey, should this be allowed to exist? <laughs> um, and now they're Equifax, and they are, uh, you know, just throwing our pub- our social security numbers and personal data out into the world. Yay! You ever use one of those uh, Google cardboards? The thing that just slaps a Google phone right next to your eyeballs. I did once. Um, that was before. Can I can I do a better job at describing Google Cardboard than yeah. that terrible one? Yeah. Um, it's it's like uh, ski goggles, but where the goggle part would be, uh, you put your phone in there, so you are blacked out on all parts except the part where you see your phone. So I've used that twice, like in very quick succession. The first time, both with my boss's uh, phone at mm-hmm. my old job. Um, the first time he didn't realize that you needed to set the phone to a 3d mode to make use of it and just put it in there and we were looking at a phone very close to our eyes (laughs) which wasn't particularly pleasant nor novel um and then he realized that you had to like set it to 3d mode and that was actually pretty neat i always thought the uh there was like an ar game that shipped with the nintendo 3ds which was super cool, and I it feels like way ahead of its time, and I never saw anything on the 3DS do that again. Like, how did this work? So it was a pack of 
of uh, like specialty playing cards, and you would choose the game by putting one of the playing cards down on a surface, and then like the one of them that I remember was it was this box, and the box like grew up out of the card, and then all of these uh, like little flying enemies started coming out of the box. And in 3D, you had to move the DS around to aim at the enemies. Oh, that's pretty cool. So it used, like, the card as a focal point, and then everything else was rendered on top of that. But, like, that might have been... That would have been 2012? That's pretty ahead of its time. Like, you could, like different kind of platform, but phones are only getting to that kind of area now. Yeah, and... Um, Unlike whatever that weird PlayStation 3 game was, uh, this it was not a fixed camera. Do you remember which PlayStation game? That uh, is? It was the one that used the PlayStation Eye. I'm using the internet. Uh, the Eye of Judgment is the specific... There are more games, but the Eye of Judgment is what I'm thinking of. Uh, it was the first game to come out with it, and I think it was kind of like a Yu-Gi-Oh! style game where you could put cards onto a table and the PlayStation Eye would, like, see them and bring monsters up out of them. Okay. I could kind of see that being, like, interesting, but very limited applications there. Absolutely, yeah. And it wasn't even, like, tied in with Yu-Gi-Oh! or an existing card game, so... Yeah, like, unless you had an existing property to bring in an audience, I think that would be a pretty hard sell. The fact that I had to not only explain what it was, but Google it, uh, says that it did not do very well. Yeah, when you are trying to bring it up just yourself there. Yeah. Uh, so PAX Unplugged is the uh, board game, Penny is Penny Arcade Expo's uh, board game convention. It's going to be in Philly in like two, three, four, five weeks. Sometime Some in the next of month. Weeks. Yeah. Um, some number. Uh, some number of fake weeks also. If um, you're listening to this in the future after we've lost it and put it back up on the internet somewhere after we found it, then uh, it's in the past and you can't go. <laughs> uh, oh, Or you could go to the next one and maybe that's also what I'm talking about. Sure, we'll just only post it two, three, or four <laughs> weeks in front of the next one. Mystery number of weeks. <laughs> um, so I've never... I, I went to one anime convention which was Otakon with Tony in 2013 I want to say um and that was like kind of fun it was mostly just like running around chilling with Tony and her Maryland friends so I've never been to any real board game or video game convention before I'm excited because I think it'll be cool and like as a kid going to a video game convention was like the number one thing I wanted to do um I would watch all the videos from, like, E3 and any of those trade shows. But now I'm kind of nervous just because I feel like the gaming community is terrible. PAX Unplugged is more, like... It's only board games. Board game-based. Yeah, I feel like that's games. a... Well, card game starts to bring some of that in. I feel like that's going to be a different crowd than, like, a video game convention. I, Probably a better crowd. I'm hoping. And I mean, worst case, there's a number of our friends who are who got tickets, correct? Uh, at least me, Marissa, and Matt Crowley. 
Yeah, so you've got a handful of people you can go with and not necessarily have to interact with everybody. I think I'm... It's... Like, I interact with shitty people sometimes. Like, that is a thing that happens. Part of why I'm nervous is definitely, like, being ready to be disappointed in this group of people that I consider myself part of. Okay. Like, that is something I'm not looking forward to. I I completely get that. Um, and that makes a lot more sense for, like, a thing to be nervous about, I think, at least to me, um, than having to interact with them. Because you're right, you, interacting with shitty people is just kind of like a, it's a thing that happens in life. It's going to happen. Um, are you aware that the other like specific reason that I'm nervous for it being PAX is, are you aware of the whole dick wolves thing? No. Um, basically, there was, oh, I want to say like four or five years ago, um, there was a Penny Arcade comic where the punchline of the comic was that like a I'm not just gonna let me let me set up the whole thing so it's basically supposed to be talking about how in MMOs if the thing you're supposed to do is like go pick five flowers how you will never pick a sixth flower right okay like you do exactly the amount you need for the quest so it was saying for a quest where it's like free the prisoners you'll free five prisoners and then you'll just walk past anyone else okay so that's like the setup for the joke and during the punchline uh the prisoner is like asking the adventurer to save them and they're like every night we're viciously raped by dick wolves um and it's like a weird thing that doesn't need to be there to be part of the joke uh and a large number of people were like can you please change this we didn't like it and basically penny arcade's response over the course of years has just been terrible about it um they ended up releasing all of this like dick wolves merchandise why under well because they started doing that thing where uh which i used to be a proponent of uh where they're like well we're allowed to tell a joke like free speech so we can tell this joke ignoring whether you should just saying we can i mean they're not they're not wrong but right but you should have like a sense of decency. Yeah. It, it wasn't that that part was what made the joke funny. It wasn't, it was just unnecessary. So there was a follow-up comic where they were like, just so everyone's clear, we're against rape and was like condescending in the way they said it. Um, at future, uh, there was like a panel at one of the Penny Arcade Expos where uh, they were asking someone asked like what the biggest regrets were that they've had over the years. And one of them was taking the Dick Wolves merchandise off of their store. Um, clearly showing that like, even though they've done, they had at one point done an apology, they did not understand what was upsetting people about it. Um, and, and so specifically like, uh, and none of this was stuff that I had known until about a month ago. Um, but so I am nervous of that being the culture that I walk into. Uh, the fact that it's specifically a Penny Arcade event, I'm just like, oh, I hope there's not like too much of this. Do you think that it's going to be, I mean, it, it sounds like there was sort of two sides of the Penny Arcade um, crowd there. Like 
the side that was in favor of keeping it up to, to be offensive for offense for freedom of speech's sake um and then the side that was like hey this is an offensive thing it's not necessary can we can it come down please well there's the there's the third side which is the one that you're uh either breezing over or not thinking of which is the oh this offends someone therefore we must press on it okay yeah there's Um, that side as well which are the people who were buying the shirts who were wearing them to the penny arcade expos there was there was like a gathering of people wearing these shirts at the first penny arcade expo following i think i was lumping them in with the uh my first group of you know yeah yeah but i i think it's a key difference no i I, I agree i think that's pretty distinct to to me they're both in the wrong but um one of them is trolling so yeah worse uh yeah and i'm just i I just have this like latent uh nervousness well i mean the worst thing that could happen is the whole bunch of unsavory characters and you can leave yeah not that that's a good thing that doesn't that doesn't make the community any better though like that's where that's where i get stuck uh yeah i guess that's like then i just leave this shitty thing a shitty thing but but i also like like what are you going to do to make it better aside from just being there and not being them i'm not sure yeah I, i don't know if it's something i've been wondering about like i if somebody's going into it if we're talking about that third group that is pressing it just because it offends somebody i don't know if you can go in and like i don't want to say people can't change with this it's gonna be very difficult to change someone's opinion on that when they're going explicitly to do that thing exactly i don't i don't even know how many people would be there to do that i think it would be a very small number but like it takes one person to ruin my day so Not to, you know, be cliched or anything, but a few bad apples. It's Yeah. Uh but if um you know, if part of the the reason it's a shitty community is that like it is not a uh diverse community, right? Like diversity brings good things to any community. Um and if it is hostile to certain groups, then like you know one in six women has been sexually assaulted like that is the statistic that i'm aware of i thought it was one in four whatever it is it's far 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 not to say that any level is an acceptable level but like it's an insane level yeah it is like the the whole point being that like you are excluding a section of people who through bringing diversity would expose you to more things would make your community better um and I'm I don't want to be like complicit in that but at the okay. same at the same time is like me digging into someone is that or me like trying to talk to someone is that just going to like make them dig in like if they do dig in there I mean that's not your fault like I don't I don't no, see that it, you could be blamed for like making the community worse at that point or anything but like you know if this is something I'm already thinking about then like I want to do my best to make it better, and I have no idea how. And that's frustrating. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe... So if it's going to be difficult or unlikely to convince people to be less terrible, maybe it's just like a 
think globally, act locally kind of deal. If you make yourself more welcoming to other people, either in the community or trying to get into the community. Um, you know, like you said, this is a fairly small group of people. Um, assumedly. Assumedly. Um, I mean, if you show up and just everyone's a terrible troll, like, that's... Outskies. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you just make it a more welcoming place one person at a time, like, change outside people's um, understanding of it just by being... By acting differently than other people do. Um, and, like you said, welcome more diverse people in, make it more diverse, and maybe it'll correct itself eventually. That feels unsatisfactory. Whether or not, like, that's yeah. the most, whether or not that's the most realistic thing, I'm not sure if you're right or wrong. There, but either a, way, it feels unsatisfactory. Yeah, there's, like, zero catharsis in that plan. Not even catharsis, just... I, I get what you mean, though. It would be more sat. It would feel more satisfying in the moment to just like oh, for me to to tell that, somebody off and be like, "Hey, you're doing this wrong." That's not what I'm. If trying to talk to someone at the time, it, it feels like think globally, act locally is too slow. It, yeah, like I, mean, I don't think I don't know that this community has changed since I was a kid. That's fair. I guess I don't really know much about like the gaining community just like it's been like a white male thing and it still is a white male thing yeah it it didn't used to be like right before the um like the first gaming crash when like there were just so many really really crappy atari games out that mm-hmm. everyone just gave up on them it was a fairly gender balanced um like hobby uh and then it got rebranded and then that's where i stopped knowing things about like gaming culture for a good long time did you ever read game over no it's a very i really really like this book um it is on the history of nintendo but through being a history of nintendo kind of talks about everything in the early days um it is like the only history book i've ever intentionally read and it's because i was you know a dork but like i really liked it okay um i probably have it at my parents house still i've been meaning to reread it for a while but i'm neck deep in so many books yeah if if you turn it up i i would go through that that sounds interesting uh i don't think i have anything else productive to say on this uh oh no i don't have anything else to say it's going to keep going around in circles about whether it's better to directly confront someone or yeah oh and it will for the whole length of this podcast um uh i mean similarly good media from a bad person slash place uh, this chestnut of the list. Uh, just, I think the last we spoke of it, maybe maybe I already brought this up. The last we spoke of this, I was, did I talk about Name of the Wind? I don't believe so. Okay, Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Um, a lot of people that I follow really like it, and I think that it is, while like a fun read, like a terrible book for any sort of... Um, like Bechdel test or any sort of like actually having female characters in it. Um, basically there are like five female characters who ne- like it is about a character telling a story about himself. But when he's talking about uh, himself in the past tense, everyone else is also always talking about him. And so basically um, the female characters become like the one who is 
a doc or the one who works in the infirmary who is into him the one who is a money shark who is into him the one who is mysterious who is into him <laughs> the one who likes music who is into him and it's just like i liked it as like a drinking on the beach read but looking back i don't know that i could really recommend it i'm feeling a little bit the same way about um neverwhere which i just started the other day can you remind oh yeah 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 um never one of neil gaiman's books um, i think i think neverwhere had at least slightly more fleshed out characters than this well i i am like 12 pages into it so mm-hmm. i have no clue um, but i just come off of uh anansi boys and i like i put neverwhere down because i could already see some of the same patterns that gaiman wrote for his female characters into anansi boys coming in neverwhere like immediately and i was like come on this is there has to be like something else you can do with a female character other than have her be engaged to the main male character and have either her or another female character be like very controlling in this engagement like and then i'm guessing later there is a much cooler female character that the main character falls for you got to be pages away from it at this point yeah like (laughs) i'm i haven't read it i'm i'm just throwing that out there now um like partially just i kind of saw where the story was going and partially i didn't want to read that story again i i think it's at least for me it's a thing of like this is a thing i enjoyed reading because it was well written and this is a thing i enjoyed reading because i like the writing like i don't know if that makes sense as a distinction okay but like as much as i don't think i could recommend name of the wind there was a lot of things in the writing which i liked Okay, like stylistically? Stylistically, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and, and the way that magic works in Name of the Wind is super cool. Um, basically, there are two kinds of magic. There's uh, one which is like based on carving symbols and is almost like a new branch of science. Uh, so it has conservation of energy, conservation of force, all of that as part of it. And that's, like, super cool, the way they play with that. That is pretty neat, yeah. Uh, stuff like um, lighting a candle by using, like, the... Lighting a candle by using the heat from your body level of things. Okay. Um, versus, and then there's also this other magic, which is literally just magic. Um, so, like, you can cause wind, you can cause fire, you can cause stone to do things. Right, with no worry about conservation of energy or magic. Yeah, yeah, like actual magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, like, definitely the cool part of the book. Yeah, that that's, like, a neat concept. Like, you can do a lot with that. But, yeah, um, characters leave something to be desired. And it was his first book, so I read probably halfway through the follow-up. Um wise man's fear and i'm reading it as a bus book but it is just not it's the same book continued yeah it didn't feel like anything changed i had kind of a similar experience with um the foundation trilogy Mm -hmm. and that like i got halfway through the second book which is foundation and empire i think um and it was just the same book again Despite the fact that, like, 
there was supposed to be an overarching narrative in the, the second book, which there really wasn't in the first. I, I had had enough of it by the end of the first book, and I didn't need the second. And it had that same problem um, Well, that's common to like a lot of really early sci-fi, where there are no female characters. Mm-hmm. I think there are two named female characters in the entire trilogy, or something ridiculous like that. And by early sci-fi, you mean the most recent Planet of the Apes movie. I have not seen it. Uh, there are two female characters. Oh, boy. Uh, one of them dies, and the other does not have any speaking lines. Uh, awesome. She has two lines in sign language. See, I've heard good things about that. If she had a whole bunch of lines in sign language, that could be really cool. I think the apes in general speak in sign language through the film. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, I, I understand. I, I thought oh, you meant now like, that I've spoiled this film, you can't see it. Uh, whatever. Um, there's some CGI. There's some apes. There's a planet. I got it. Um, the Statue of Liberty shows up at one point in the very far future of this world, I guess. Many, many, very shitty JPEGs of the Statue of Liberty show up. <laughs> but I. Uh, this is a shitty sentence. Um, oh, no, no, no. Here's a, here's a better way to put it. Asimov was shitty about including female characters in the 50s. One would hope that over 60 years we had gotten better. Yeah, I, I would hope that. And and I realize also this is like definitely me just... Uh, let's take the whole past 40 minutes and it's just been me complaining like level zero being a woman like these are things that every woman i'm sure already knows a thousand times over and that here i'm just like the world is not as perfect as i thought hey man there's some inequality going on yeah i mean spoiler alert for the uh uh, trump election anniversary edition but um i'm an idiot and i'm just kind of working through this and i guess this is a podcast where we talk about things Nick's going to come on with us for that one. That'll be good. Yeah. I'm I'm in a way looking forward to that episode, and in a way very much not looking forward to that episode. Absolutely. <sighs> it's like, in some ways, hard to believe it hasn't even been a year since the election. Yeah, and, and that means it hasn't even been eight months for the presidency. I know. It's uh, uh, not even a sixth of the way through. Womp. <laughs> So we went to the rent fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we shot some bows and arrows. Yeah, I mean, you got an arrow over. I've been... I do it, have an arrow. Is this from the Drexel uh, rifle range, this arrow? No, uh, Ian's looking at an arrow on top of my guitar amp. Uh, it is an arrow of light, which uh, you get when you're a Weeblos 2 scout in Cub Scouts, um, and you're crossing over into uh, Boy Scouts. Technically, it's just the highest rank in Cub Scouts. Um, but usually you get it on your way to Boy Scouts. And some it's just a badge. Some troops also give you an actual arrow. Mine gave me an actual arrow. For some reason, they gave me a hunting tip on the end and not a practice tip. I, I was going to say, why. that seems like an intense little bit of arrow there. It's not the sharpest thing in the world, but you probably shouldn't give it to an 11-year-old. What, a, what 11-year-old has hurt someone with a sharp thing? Uh, I can't imagine that's ever happened. No. No. You know, this is uh, me being stupid, but even though it had probably been, like, four months that I'd been coming here for podcasting, and, like, I always sit right next to this amp, it is not until just now that I realized that this is the amp uh, related to the guitar, which you apparently play. 
Is the guitar in this? Turn around. The it's guitar right behind is behind me. It's been here the entire time. It has been, been here the whole time. I have not put two and two together that Rob actually plays some amount of guitar. It's been a long time since I actually played, but at one time I did. I still can. I'm just not very good anymore. When did you uh, play guitar the most? Uh, in high school. I took lessons um, from probably seventh grade through twelfth grade. Um, I was pretty good, like technically speaking but my actual like musical skills weren't weren't particularly great i was good at playing the guitar but not a good musician were you in a band at all Uh, a very bad one okay Um, what was the name um i never understood this name (laughs) the name was around 41 named after the number of drinks John Bonham had before he died from alcohol poisoning. And I don't get why they picked that name. John Bonham. Yes. Googling English musician known as the best drummer from... I can't read. Uh, he's the guy from Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Okay. That just always struck me as a like a strange thing. I completely forgot about the name of that band. But what, like, What kind of... Did you play Led Zeppelinish music? Nope. I don't think we had any Zeppelin covers. Did you have uh, how many how many covers did you have? Uh we'd usually learn like half of a song. Okay. And then the person that was going to be our singer would leave and then we'd bring in a whole bunch of new songs um and then that person would leave and then we'd mostly just jump on a trampoline. Nice. Yeah. With the guitars. No, no, we left the guitars. That would have been a good music video, though, for your first cover. Would have been, but we would have all had to, like, taken... Oh, we could have done that. We could have taken my, like, $125 bass and the guitar someone found in a dumpster that wouldn't hold a tune from, like, when you started tuning the the low E to the high E. Um, And, like, a kid's drum kit and put it on there. That would have been fun. Could have been OK Go. Uh, Have they done something on a trampoline? Uh, I'm not sure. They should. But that was the early days. That was when they were just on treadmills. Yeah. We're talking... Yeah, that would have been right around then. Anyway, from that band, in addition to not the guitar that's behind you. 2005. Oh, that would have been before I did any of this. Right, right. But I'm saying not not by that long. They they weren't they weren't at, like, uh, driving the car around to play a song level. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they did have something that we didn't, and that was skill. Hmm. And a video camera, maybe. Uh, we probably could have had a video camera. Okay, but we did okay go have a trampoline? Uh, I don't know. We definitely didn't have four treadmills. Okay. So Eight. We got them on both sides. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Eight. I definitely didn't have eight treadmills. <laughs> I don't even think I could have borrowed eight treadmills. Didn't even have four treadmills. Yeah, well, maybe I could have borrowed four treadmills. I definitely couldn't have borrowed eight. I would have had, like, four treadmills, two elliptical machines, and a stationary bike. I'll make it work. <laughs> There's still a spot I have missing. You just run in place. Yeah. <laughs> Not knock off. Okay, go. <laughs> okay. Um, we can go back to you actually pick, playing guitar in a minute, but first I'm really oh, interested in this band. Okay. Um, what was your favorite cover that you guys ever tried to do? Uh, hold on. I got to try to remember the song. Can't remember it. I want to say it was by Coheed and Cambria, but I have no idea what the song is. I'm gonna read some off. Okay. Devil in Jersey City, a favor house Atlantic. Yes. A a favor house Atlantic. 
I don't know if I know this. Uh, thanks, Wikipedia. Thanks to Ian and Wikipedia for remembering my favorite song from when I played in a band for a little bit. I played rhythm guitar on this song. Got it. How many how many guitars are playing right now? Two guitars right now. There's a lead and uh, a rhythm. So you're like the background guitar. Yeah, I was background guitar. Our other guitarist was better than than me by a significant amount. Mm. Our bassist was better than both of us and was very bored. <laughs> Here's how bad I am at music. I'm not even sure if there is a bass in this song. Uh, there is. It's not doing anything particularly interesting. Okay. Do you know why this song was your favorite, or just it was? Uh, it was the most interesting of all the songs that we played. Like, it had the most going on that you had to, like, make sure you hit things on the right beat. It wasn't just play these chords in this particular order. It was... So you like strum patterns were changing up. You had to hit different beats. You I don't think it changed like tempos or keys. Sorry. No, no. Um, so you liked the playing of this song? You mean? Oh yeah, I don't particularly enjoy this song. Okay, that's what I was trying to. Wa- that's what I was trying to figure out. I'm staring at the lyrics here. No, I I literally have no idea what the song is about. Cool. Um, I only remember that it was the most fun to play of the songs we played. This is also the only Coheed and Cambria song I've ever listened to. What did you... I was going to say, you said Coheed and Cambria, and I was like, well, I got nothing. (laughs) Uh, What prompted you to start playing guitar? Um, uh, My stepdad had his guitar over at the house and let me play around with it. It was kind of fun. Okay. That's basically it. I can talk about Breath of the Wild. Uh, from good media, from a bad perspective. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's many speaking characters. The male lead does not speak, but most of the story is told through Zelda. But the story is not very good. So. Well, it is kind of an open world exploration driven game. Yeah, like the. It's like saying the story of Skyrim isn't very good. Well, it's it's more just the story of the game is not the thing that, like is not anything having to do with Ganon. It's, like, the interactions that you as the player have with the world. And that doesn't affect, like, things to do with Ganon in any way? Uh, I more mean, like, some random encounter where, like, I was running away from enemies and, like, a perfectly placed bomb, like, saved me, and then, like, this thing I wasn't expecting happened. Like, those experiences are the parts of the game that I remember, not, like, not, like, oh, I'm supposed to be the savior of uh, the people against Ganon, but I don't know if I can do it, which is kind of the plot line that Zelda has. Yeah, I see that. 
So Cuphead came out, and I want to... Did I talk about this last week? I really wanted to play Cuphead. I think you just said you really wanted to play it, but you didn't feel like you had time. Yeah. Uh, so I get Xbox controllers in the mail tomorrow. Um, so I think I might play a little bit tomorrow. I'm very excited. This is a bullet hellish platformer game uh, that came out for Xbox and Steam probably a few weeks ago. But then on Friday, new Mario game comes out, and that I'm very excited for. Is this uh, Odyssey? Odyssey, yeah. I haven't seen much of Odyssey, but it sounds like it's pretty interesting. I have very intentionally not seen... Like, I'm aware of a couple things about it, but I've been staying as spoiler-free as I do for everything I care about. Yeah, and it sounds like this would be one to stay away from, so you can actually like learn the new mechanics as they show up. Yeah. Spoiler alert, Mario has nipples. Interesting. Yeah, uh, they showed him running around in like beach shorts, and he has nipples. So does that not ever come up in any other? Mario I don't think there's been so a shirtless Mario. Really? Not in like Wii Sports Resort or something like that. I don't think Mario's in the Wii Sports games. Oh uh, yeah, he's not. Wii Sports Resort is mostly uh, Ian driving around in a plane. <laughs> <laughs> really, you were a plane person, not a sword fight person. Oh well, there's the one where you can explore the island in the plane. That was a good one, but. And there was just so much to do, you know, exploring that island, driving, driving the plane. You can go into that volcano. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. things to do. I just wanted to hit people with the sword. The sword was fun. Uh, you know, you you just got the the motion plus, so you got to use that for your all your sword fighting. Yeah. It's kind. Of, I don't know if it's bad or not, but like, the games that I want to play most, thinking back to the Wii, are. Either that, just for sword fighting, mm-hmm. or tanks, which... Oh, Wii Tanks was the best yeah. game on that system. Like, I don't know, like, if that's a good or a bad thing, but, like... No, that game, I would pay $20 to have that game on Switch. Uh, this was a top-down, um, possibly co-op game. I think it was 20 levels co-op or 100 le- levels single-player, wherein you... Uh, were a tank that was fighting other tanks and it was kind of a geometry based game and it was pretty hard and really fun yeah i would spend hours playing tanks yeah um i might have a wii in my parents basement as in i have two wii's that i started to frankenstein together and then got bored of and now i just have two broken wii's (laughs) (laughs) um but i would be so down to play tanks if you get either of those working, I would also be down to play tanks. I miss that game so much. But, like, what does that say about that system? Oh, I mean, there were good games. Yeah, but... Uh, the... Galaxy was amazing. The, the first into... Galaxy. I never got into it. Oh, uh, I played that game, like, basically... Not without putting it down, because obviously life happens. Yeah. But, like, from the moment I got that game, it was the main thing I played. Until I had gotten all stars with Mario, which unlocks Luigi and then done all the same stars a second time with Luigi. Wow. Yeah, I really liked that game. I didn't have any games to that system that I was like that with. I, kind of Prime 3, but I didn't like play that completionist. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I beat it. No, wait, did I? I beat that. I didn't beat Prime 2. I had so much trouble with the original Prime. Like, it hard. just got really hard. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever replayed Prime. I don't know if I could beat it. I played it a couple times just in that like i played it when i had it and then i played it four years later and then i played it four years after that 
Yeah. I I haven't had a GameCube in a very long time. And I don't have Prime anymore, so I couldn't even try it if I wanted to. But, yeah, like, I don't... I would be fine, I think, right up until the final bosses. They were always the things that, like, I got stuck on. I couldn't beat Dark Samus on my second playthrough of Prime 3. That's why I, when I couldn't beat her. Um, I couldn't beat whatever the boss was in Prime 2. That's so... I don't remember the last time I had that where it's where it's like a video game boss that I just like play and play and play and play even though it is impossible. Oh, I didn't play and play and play and play. I like I played for a while and it was like, yeah, this isn't fun. Oh, really? Yeah. I like you, I hit my. You probably skill don't cap. like Meat Boy then. Oh, I hate Meat. Oh, I love Meat Boy. Hate Meat Boy. Any game that's like that, like. That dust v v v v, however many v's, yeah. Well, dust is more just like, um. I see. It's I see. You're based. talking about the speed running game with the people with the brooms. Yeah, but I like it's all meant, very twitchy. I I thought you were saying from dust, which is a very slow kind of puzzleish game, uh, where you are a ball from God that is able to pick up and place different elements. That sounds more like my speed. I was going to say, like, Rob, I think yeah, you'd like this that, game. That sounds like something I want to play, actually. You pick up the sand from one part of the sandbox, and you use it to build a bridge, and the people run to the altar. Yeah, that sounds great. You should try From Dust. I'll give it a shot. But yeah, like anything like Meat Boy, Dust, however many V's that game is, um, yeah, I don't find them fun. Do you like watching them? Uh, like, have you ever watched speedruns of those games? I've watched them, but they don't do anything for me. Like, there's some games and some things that I can watch, and, like, I don't like them because I feel anxious in a way that isn't pleasant. Okay. Um, there's some things that... I would love an example of that. Like a horror game, or...? N- no. Um, I mean, it's not so much, I guess, games as it, as it happens with other media for me. Um, okay. Like, the thing that it's come up most in is podcasts that I've been listening to recently. The one that comes to mind is Ono, Ross and Carrie, where they'll do like investigations into like fringe science, spirituality groups. And there's not always, but there's sometimes like a point when they're looking into these groups where they'll be found out. And I will be like very tense as they're like going through either getting kicked out of this or having like people just like, surround them and i know they're fine because they've made it to their studio to record yeah but like i'm still like it's still unsettling like hey there's all these random people at this cult that they're at that are now just swarming them and like (laughs) escorting them out like at when i got to the part of their thing on scientology where they got found out and got kicked out i just had to pause it and walk away for like an hour and then come back i get that anxiety yeah so it's like that kind of thing it doesn't really happen so much in games that's why i was confused yeah um, I've gotten that I've gotten that anxiety watching horror games. See, it doesn't. See, I get um, like even like the Alien game that came out two years ago. Okay, it was not a very good game, but I was watching Let's Plays of it, and I was super like on edge. Uh, Let's Plays being people on YouTube uh, with a little face in the corner playing through a video game. Trying to remember that this podcast might be heard by not me. <laughs> I feel like Let's Plays are a pretty general thing. Um, I, I guess I could see that in like a Let's Play for a horror game. Um, 
Yeah, I guess I could feel that. But I would feel that more as, like, if there was presented without any commentary, like, just a gameplay video. I would mm-hmm. feel that more. Um, and even then, like, it would have to be a pretty, like, atmospheric, suspenseful horror game for me to really get into that. Like, even if it was something that I played and was genuinely kind of creepy, like Outlast, I don't think watching Outlast I would feel creeped out. Whereas, like, something like Amnesia or Soma, I could get creeped out watching that. Or, like, maybe I've never played System Shock, but I feel like System Shock could be creepy like that. Have I told you the story of the most, I think I have, of the most scared I've ever been by a video game? Maybe. If not, I definitely haven't told it on the podcast, so I'm just going to go for it. Do it. Um, I was watching, uh, it was just a random Monday night, uh, senior year. So I'm up, uh, you know, because I am a terrible person, uh, I was living one of those kind of like 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. schedules. Uh, so I was up, it was like one in the morning and I just wanted some sort of background noise. So I turned on this, uh, Twitch channel, uh, where they were doing this thing called mostly walking. Oh, uh, the Twitch channel was day nine and on Mondays they did, uh, adventure games. So they're playing through some sort of Nancy Drew game and yep. Okay. Rod, Rob is now nodding enthusiastically. So they're playing through this Nancy Drew game. And this is maybe one of the... It was like an ASMR kind of thing, almost. I'm not into ASMR. We could put that on the list sometime. I haven't tried it. Um, but basically, they were doing Picross, which is this... I could describe it as Sudoku-like to describe it poorly, but it was this type of puzzle that I did a lot of in high school. Um, and they're doing a terrible job at it. But to advance in the game, they need to figure out this large Picross, like 35 by 35. So they're kind of just struggling through it for an hour. And while it's on, they're just kind of having like conversation. I'm doing a paper or something. And uh, this Nancy Drew game that they're playing has been very similar to Mist, where it's a painted background and you click somewhere and you just instantly are in that next area. So they finally finish this pit cross and it opens a safe and they get to read this two page letter. And at the end of the letter, the camera starts to whirl around in like smooth motion and uh there's a ghost there that immediately starts to drown them it was the scariest thing i've ever seen in a video game um because it is a i'm not expecting smooth motion but b there's something really scary to me when you're in these um discreet move kind of scenarios how I have no idea when I click something if there's going to be someone there when I get there. Like, I could click, like, cross bridge. And if I were playing Breath of the Wild, like, I would run across the bridge and I would see, like, oh, there's bad guys on the other side. But if I click cross bridge, then suddenly there's just a bad guy in my face. Yeah, you have no warning. Um, And so the smooth motion, this ghost... The fact that it was very late at night, the fact that it was after literally spending an hour with nothing on the screen but this Picross. Oh. <laughs> Heebie-jeebies. I think the worst I ever got scared in a video game um, was playing Amnesia in the prison area. Um, my cousin and I were trading off whenever one of us would die, the other would take over. Mm-hmm. Um, the prison area is pretty late. It's it's pretty late. I, it's 
like after it's well not well after i guess have you met the one dude no i think it's right before that okay um i think so right it before you meet that one dude um or like maybe one area there might be like sewers between the prison and that dude so we spawn in a place i walk out like we spawn in a dead end go out of the dead end make a left start walking down this corridor make a right there's a monster there it hasn't really seen me yet so i go back turn around go back into the dead end just to wait it out and there's a monster that spawned in the dead end uh. i'm like oh no <laughs> thankfully i had passed a junction and that junction was the right way to go but i didn't know that so i just sprinted down that way until i got to a door i was like uh, okay great but like i turned around and in this area where there is no way that a thing could have been there unless it just spawns out of nowhere which it did like and then here's this thing uh is that i feel like i had that same experience there's like a section in amnesia which is in i would describe it as being in a well i think that really you like get in an elevator and the elevator breaks and you fall down i there's like water at the bottom and a central column thing that you have to like connect bridges across yeah i think that's sewers in the area right after the prison Okay, the sewers is where I had, like, that same experience. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I think I know the area thing where, like, you go about. through yeah. and there's no bad guy, and you get the thing, and that, like, spawns a bad guy. Oh, yeah. I, I had to learn that one the hard way. Um, I think I was the first person between my cousin and I to actually encounter one, and we hadn't figured out that you get the plot element and then a bad guy shows up mechanic yet. <laughs> Um, so I picked up the thing and I was just kind of wandering around this room being like, is there any other health kits I can get in here and then turn around and he's yeah, just, just in my fallout. Well, meanwhile, yeah, but meanwhile, there's a big slack jawed monster behind me who, uh, conveniently his, um, like timer for how long he's supposed to search for people times out exactly as he gets to me and then he gets bored, turns around and walks away. Mm. Yeah. It was, like, very scary for a minute, and I was like, they could have programmed this game a little better. I'm notably tense right now. I just want, <laughs> you, to, <laughs> I want you to know that. Like, I feel it in my shoulders. <laughs> I am not very good at horror games or horror movies. I don't... Oh, my little brother, Evan, watches so many horror movies and stuff, I just can't do it. It's also not of interest to me. There's some, like, horror stuff where if it's not... If it's just, like, a genuinely unsettling premise I and, like, not a whole bunch of jump scares and gore, I can be kind of okay with that. Like, there's something interesting going on. Um, but it's been a while since I've seen, like, one that was, like, actually just unsettling other than, like, shock value. Are you claustrophobic? No. Um, I kind of like, and not, like, oh, lock me in a closet. Oh, gravity blanket. Yeah, yeah, I have the yeah, I have the weighted blanket. I love going into caves. Like <sighs> I I do not mind tight spaces at all. I I don't I'm not like claustrophobic in terms of like I could stand in a tight room, like a tightly packed full of people room. I could like get into a closet. I could do a lot of things, but like caves plus claustrophobia? Oh, super not good. It's yeah, like, caves are really weird, and I can totally see how it would be That's a place you freaky. go to die. 
<laughs> like you just go get stuck in something and you die. That's like the end. No, I don't want to do that. No. It's like a very weird, unusual place to put yourself. Um, yes, because you're not supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Especially like when you're going through the places that are like very, very tight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's place, a lot of fun. Maybe you that place s- wasn't made for Rob. It, it was not. It was not good. For, well, it wasn't bad for me. It wasn't made for me. I had a couple recurring childhood nightmares. Um, one of them was me... Uh, so, you know, you go to, like, this is at the point where you're, like, 11 years old, right? And you go, because now that you're 11 years old, you're, like, kind of too big for the children's playground equipment. And it's almost more fun because of that. Are we saying, Maybe, like, like 11, 13, 14, somewhere in here. Okay, because at 11, I was saying, that, like, no, I still had recess at elementary school with that yeah. equipment. Okay, uh, let's, let's say, like, early high school. Oh, uh, no, it would have been late middle school. So, like, 14... Um, and like, not like the normal playground, but like the small playground. Okay. Um, the one where you, you know, can, like the tube that they have. What, like a slide or like one that connects two platforms? A tube connecting two platforms, probably okay. a foot and a half, two feet in diameter. Okay. Um, so the recurring nightmare was that I would go to a children's playground and there would be one of these tubes, but instead of, being, <laughs> instead of being like a foot and a half in diameter, it was instead about four inches in diameter. Oh, God. And I would start to try and go through it and, like, get stuck halfway through, and I would just be trapped. Oh. And that was the nightmare. Ugh. <sighs> uh, it, the whole reason I brought up this whole thing is you're talking about horror movies. I just remembered seeing a commercial for, I think it was called The Descent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's supposed to be a pretty good movie. I just haven't seen it. Just the idea of that movie. I can see, like, two shots from the commercial like from the trailer when it was still playing on tv in my head and i'm like no thank you the thing i don't need this that like bugged me most about it i think i think i saw a small bit of it when they were trying to cross this like chasm in a cave Mm -hmm. um they like threw a line to the other side and started pulling themselves across and i forget what piece of climbing gear they hooked up to the line but they did it wrong and i was like that's not how you would do that and then just like you deserve stopped. all the murder you're going to get <laughs> like this was i think in high school like this was before i worked at the rock wall i didn't know all that much i was just like you that that's incorrect you don't use it that way um this doesn't make any sense it took me out of that movie i don't think i made it to the part where there were actual monsters in it i'm not even here's the thing i only saw the trailer there might not be a monster there were monsters okay spoilers for this movie that's been out for <laughs> decades well fraction one and point something decades long enough for it to have traumatized me <laughs> not traumatized but like still been a thing i think about now is that trauma <laughs> that's not a real trauma yeah i don't think i have any real trauma it long enough to have left an impression there we you. go yeah um do you want to talk about dming biking or running um or my shitty teeth oh, those are all kind of good <laughs> um I feel like DMing is gonna be. Let's let's close on DMing. All right, close on DMing. So, I feel like running. Oh wait, wait. Sorry, I have super. one more band question. Okay. Um, did you guys ever play in Black Hole Sun? We didn't play in Black Hole Sun. We oh. tried to, but it's a missed uh, opportunity. No one knew what we were saying. Band. Yeah. Um, I talked over your joke. Can you say it again? 
Oh, we tried to, but no one knew what we were talking about. <laughs> Man, that's so much funnier than mine. <laughs> um, we can talk about running, I guess. Okay. Rob runs sometimes now. Oh, yeah. Bullet point. So, we, uh, there was a 5K at the Navy, Navy Yard. Um, the end of September? Something like that? Late September? Sounds right. Yeah. Um. I'd never really been a big runner before. Um, there was a time sophomore year when I... High school, college. College. Um, when I was like competing with someone to see what we could get like our mile time down to. And I got mine down to 637, so like I know I can run. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I went home and just went back to bed after I did that. <laughs> so, like, I know I can run. I just never really have other than that. Uh, but I didn't want to just go into this 5K cold because I was pretty sure I'd be walking, like, two-thirds of it. Uh, so, real quick question. Why were you going into this 5K? Our, our office um, does Okay, so like, so, like, everyone was doing it. Yeah, basically everyone's doing it. It's like, hey, everybody can sign up. It's free. We don't, there, it's not like a competition in Got the it. office, really, or if it is, it's a friendly competition. Um, and then you just, you, you can hang out with everybody afterwards if you don't do the 5K, too. But like, it's a nice sense of like camaraderie just to yeah. do the thing. And I think it is it, like in this day and age, if you're listening to this 40 years from now when I put it out, um, in this day and age, uh, oh, how would they, you know, in TV shows, they're always just like, Oh well, now in 2017, it's socially acceptable to walk a 5K. <laughs> like, I, I think that that's a totally accepted thing, especially on like a sure. corporate campus. Yeah, like we we had someone who said, "Hey, I'm I'm just gonna walk it." We yeah. we actually had three people who were just like, "I might run a little, but I'm probably just gonna walk most of it." Absolutely, which is there was which like is great. Yeah, it there was no pressure to it, but I wanted to like. I wanted to see if I could make it through the entire 5K because I had never run that far before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, my realistic goal with that was run a mile, walk a mile, run a mile. Stretch goal kind of was just run everything. So I went running a couple of times before then, started running back from the bus stop in the afternoon, which is about a mile run. And then I... I made my goal and actually i ran that 5k in under a half hour so awesome yeah good job um, rob thank you um and then i walked home from the bus sometime shortly after that and this is gonna sound real dumb uh but i forgot how much faster it is to run than to walk um <laughs> uh, i didn't feel like taking all that extra time to get back to my house so now i run back partially because I've got this streak going, and I might as well just keep it up and get some exercise in. Yeah. And also because I can get home a little faster. <laughs> so you do take the bus m- most days? I do, um, unless I have some other reason why I'd be driving. Hmm. Um, I I take the bus. Even though Rob and I take the same bus, uh, Rob is morally superior to me, so uh, he's on the bus much earlier than I am. Uh, the main advantage of that is that there's about three people on the bus when I get on. What bus is that? That's the bus at like uh, seven to seven fifteen. If okay. I I get one of those buses depending on when I leave. I the usually buses, the buses that hit the campus at eight and at nine are the worst I've found. 
Oh, re- wow. And then you aren't that far off. Like, so, so like you the were one... one bus after me, probably. Maybe two. Uh, I don't catch the at eight too often, but... Okay. I, I think you're still out ahead of me most of the time. Well, yeah, but if you're talking about the ones that get to the campus at eight, they're not leaving Center City more than, like, 745. Yeah, way. yeah. Yeah. Like, wow, that is a huge spike right after I take it. This is... I'm mostly talking about the nine. The eight is from back when I lived at... Uh, Beep. Gotcha. Um, it's it's weird. I don't want to say... I was like, oh, should I say the house number or the street? And I'm like, well, I've probably said the other one at some point. <laughs> and it's not like you live there anymore. No, but as far as, like, a, you know, credit yeah. card, like, previous address kind of things. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, maybe not a thing I should be scared of. Yeah. Um, it's... There's enough personal info on here. The rest of it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's really cool that you're running. Um, does this... Uh... Does this coincide with any other sort of self-improvement kind of thing? Or is it running for running's sake? No, just kind of running for running's sake. Like, I, I started this explicitly because I didn't want to... Like, I wanted to be a, a little more used to running. Like, not even more in shape, just like more used to what running is like so i'm not just like well i'm gonna stop right now because this is uncomfortable and then i just kept it going like it's not it wasn't anything that was particularly onerous like i just bring my running clothes to work Mm -hmm. in the morning and get changed there which i'd be doing if i biked but i tried to do that and i found out that i'm very unmotivated before i get a shower to the point where like oh yeah like I had everything all set up one day. I was like, I'm going to bike in because they finally fixed the showers in my building. And I'm going to give that a go. Woke up and I'm like, hmm. No, I know I'm not really getting moving fast without getting a shower. And I don't know why that is. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you shower? Morning routine isn't on for this week, but do you shower every day? Yeah. Um, I do I shower every morning if I run and it's like hot and I'm gross then I'll shower when I get home too if it is a day it's a Sunday or whatever you know that you're not really gonna see people do you shower yes Hmm. I the question about differences eh (laughs) (laughs) I mean the question is only like when do I shower and that's mostly like I put that off if I'm going to do something like clean like, if I'm going to clean, no point in getting a shower and then cleaning and being like, well, now I feel gross because I'm covered in ammonia and whatnot. And all the stuff that was, like, ground into my uh, stovetop. Like, if it is not obsessively, we can just ignore the fact that you have a cleaning <laughs> routine. Let's just... <laughs> I don't have a cleaning routine. We'll, we'll breeze past that. <laughs> um, meanwhile, I'm, like, stare in the morning, I'm cooking my eggs and I'm staring at the stove we have and i'm wondering how the fuck do i clean this uh it's like one of those glass with the coils underneath and no amount of cleaning seems to actually uh, clean the glass i don't know yeah i think we just lose part of the security deposit i think that's how you clean that (laughs) (laughs) i mean mm, i'm not i wouldn't want to put like brillo or something on that because i'd be scared i think that's gonna get worse yeah Maybe you just, like, pour a whole bunch of vinegar on there, let it, like, kind of break that stuff down, and then just scrape it off. I'm really not kidding. My primary um, 
belief right now is that I literally just have to wait until our lease is up and then get in an argument with people about the fact that things get worse when you use them. <laughs> like <laughs> that's how that's how objects work. I'm kind of banking on um, break all the appliances while through through. <laughs> so they're all Not, new when you leave. Th- yeah. Well, I mean, like at that it's point, they can't well be so like. Far. Uh, it has so far. I am uh, three for four. <laughs> What's left? Just the washer dryer. Okay. Which that would be the good Water one. Water heater. Uh, three for five. Okay. Three for six if you count the regular heater. Three for seven if the air conditioner. I've broken three things. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. That's still a pretty good record. Yeah. Um, but, like, as long as they're all while I'm paying my rent, I don't really have anything to complain about there. We got so wrecked on our last rent pay- on our last security deposit. Really? That yeah. place was, like, pretty good. There wasn't a ton. That- there was, like, interpersonal drama mostly caused by me about trying to clean that place also. Oh, um, and so at the end of the day, it was like, well, if I'm going to get this little, the security deposit back, like, fuck you. I'll just, I would have spent a fraction of the time that I spent cleaning just like at my, you know, do the minimal amount of cleaning, like do the respectful amount, forego the security deposit and work like the same number of hours at overtime. Like, yeah, would have made my life so much better. I, when I moved out of my place at Drexel, I was the only person left at all our subletters were gone my roommates were gone so this is, this is when you uh slept on a bed that you threw out in the morning oh yeah yeah it was that day <laughs> uh for i don't think i've told this on the podcast uh but i threw out everything in the apartment that was left including a full three-piece leather sectional which i moved to the curb by myself uh two mattresses two box springs which wouldn't fit down the stairs so i had to cut them in half with the sawzall a desk which I couldn't fully take apart, so I had to knock pieces of it apart with a sledgehammer. And uh, that night there was literally nothing in the apartment but me, a sleeping bag, and a mattress that didn't belong to me that I was sleeping on and drugged to the curb the next morning as I went to go turn in my keys. <laughs> um, but, like, I spent in... Where was your stuff at this time? I had moved it all out to my parents' house. I see. Um, I did, like, a two-stage move, which was not fun it was terrible and you live much farther than i do i'm not that much farther maybe twice as much which which is an extra half hour no i don't think so how far away do you live uh 20 miles at most no um time wise 45 minutes at most oh that's really not much worse okay yeah um (laughs) yeah like it's not it's not that bad um Like, I, I'd been the only one there to clean every part of that apartment um, and just remove everything I could. But I also got the entirety of that security deposit. And you we had, got almost all of it back. So you had like, subletters, okay too? Uh, yeah. So, so the people there at the end weren't even that incentivized to really clean. Oh, they weren't even in. They were, had moved out of the apartment a couple of weeks before. Hmm. Like, I, for a good, I think, three, two or three weeks at the end of that lease, I was the only person in a three-bedroom apartment there, which was kind of nice, but also, I mean, like, I didn't have randos there, like, just people that I didn't know at all coming down into the living room, acting like it's weird that I'm sitting on a couch with a whole bunch of bins of Legos sorting them. 
I do get the part about not having randos in the house. At the same time, the idea of living by myself is terrifying. It wasn't until that last night I was there when there were... So uh, this apartment was sort of like off the main road through a gate. There were two apartments that you could get to through this little courtyard. Uh, The one next to ours and mine. Okay. The one next to ours, people had moved out like two weeks earlier or something like that. They had been out of that apartment for a little while. Everybody else had kind of cleaned out of mine over that that same period of time as well. So I knew there was no one in these apartments. I was the only one that came through that gate. I was laying in this bed and I heard that gate open. I was like, what? On my last night there, I like go look out of my windows in my room and I can just see a guy standing on the porch for the other apartment just like staring at nothing. Is this a key gate or is this a nope. keypad gate? This is nothing. Okay. Uh, no no keypad. It had a lock at one time. It had been removed. Like there was the shell of a deadbolt Got on it. There. This is just a public door. Essentially. <laughs> like, I mean, there was no security on this. It, it was it basically our front door is off the street. If they had removed the gate, it mm-hmm. would have been exactly the same. So just a guy just stands there and eventually he leaves. But like that was a real tense five minutes. I had no idea what this guy was doing. That's definitely a nice part about living in an apartment building right now versus living in a house is we don't have a front door. Yeah, I kind of like that about... I'm not really living in an apartment building right now. It's more like an old row home that's turned into several apartments. But same kind of deal. No real front door to just me straight to the outside world. It is, yeah. Someone would have to jump very high to, to, to get to any of your windows. Yeah, yeah. And the other benefit of uh, being this high up is that you don't have to have bars on any of these windows. Uh, other fears? Uh, those window units that you put into the windows? Just those falling out and, like, damaging someone. Oh, uh, that does sound... Seinfeld ugh. style. I feel... I felt nervous about that... Um, at my old apartment where I did that and outside of my window was about three feet of dead space. And then, uh, the porch for next door. Yep. Like that, it, it, that was the same thing, same thing, but like with where the trash can was like literally the odds of this hurting anyone was nothing. Yeah. Like still constant fear. Just afraid it'll fall out. Yeah. Rob, I'm missing teeth. I found this out in a bad way. Oh, can you remind me? Uh, I was very insensitive. <laughs> I, I assumed that Ian had all of his teeth, and that I think that's was a not fair correct. assumption. Uh, but I literally said, "Like, well, I assume that you have all your teeth," and you're like, "Nope." <laughs> oh, that's no, that's awesome. That's yeah. Great. When was this? It was at the beach. Okay. I, think oh, we're, no, I was talking exactly about my fear of for. losing teeth. Uh, so here's the thing. So here's the thing when you lose a tooth. Um, at first, I guess more accurately, here's the thing when I lose a tooth. <laughs> Who knows what you would do when you lost a tooth? Freak the fuck out. Um, that is like literally one of my biggest fears. Oh, yeah? Uh, that, like the... the, the uh, you know, friend diagram fear edition. Keep going. Uh, I've had like nightmares about my teeth getting loose and then just falling out. 
that is that like the stereotypical nightmare? Kind of, yeah. Do you like it's my, very common? Do you have a current nightmare? Uh, I don't. It's not common, but I had one to last night. Okay. Uh, so right when I was waking up, um, like I woke up at five fifty, and my alarm goes off at six, so I just went back to sleep. And whatever dream I had between 5.50 and 6 featured at some point some maggots. And I was in, like, that weird, like, hypnagogic, half-wakeful, half-asleep state. And I was like, well, I don't like this. I'm going to start dreaming about something else. So I'd start dreaming about something else. And then, like, it would fade back out very quickly into just maggots everywhere. And it was... Like, an unsettling thing that, like, I tried to break this five or six times, and I just couldn't. I've never been aware enough to lucid dream. I think that was the closest I came, and unfortunately, I didn't <laughs> win the battle. Maggots win every time. <laughs> um, I have, like, two directions to go here. I guess my recurring nightmare is one of, like, weakness. Okay. Um, so I am in whatever situation just suddenly overcome with an inability to really do anything so like it's not like i fall uh, it's not like i'm weak enough that i like fall over but like i can't really move with any sort of speed and i can't talk i can't like make noise okay um so probably the most like but can I point yeah. a clarification? Yeah. This isn't like a sleep paralysis thing where you're like in your bed and can't move. This is just like whatever dream you're having, you're just like moving slowly and ineffective. So this is the second part of it, which is, uh, or the second pin I was going to have, which was there was also a while where I had sleep paralysis. Okay. Um, back in uh, pre-junior year of college. And that was not fun. Uh, no, sleep paralysis is scary. I don't, I didn't even really realize what it was at the time. Like most shitty things. Like, I just did not realize what was happening to me. Um, I did not realize that suddenly I was a person who just was, like, so stressed out that I was literally just, like, in waking nightmare sometimes. Um, but, yeah, so this is the the most danger that I was probably ever in in Philly was uh, Kevin and I were out for a walk one night. And it's, like, very late at night, like, 2 in the morning. And we we're just cruising the city. Um, and we decide, you know what, let's walk along the river, which like, if you, (laughs) whether or not you live in the city, like walk, uh, this is a story (laughs) that you had the preface to, I'm in the future also, but like walk along the river is not the safest sounding thing. Even the Schuylkill river trail at two in the morning, not the best idea. Here's the thing. It wasn't the Schuylkill river trail. It was the Schuylkill river trail south of the art museum, which means that it was just like where the trains pass underneath. Um, near 30th Street. Yeah, and even less visible Schuylkill, the less visible part of the Schuylkill River Trail. Less visible, less lighted, all that, less traveled, all that. So Kevin and I are walking, and, like, we both become, like, mutually aware that there's just, like, someone who was also under one of the bridges that was sitting there that is now walking up on us, and we both just fucking start sprinting. Oof. It is the, like to my knowledge the most danger i have been in in the city that hasn't involved me being about to get hit by a car like so um riding on that feeling i still have this nightmare probably once depending on how stressed i am every three months or every couple weeks um of just a intense weakness 
when I realized there's someone who is also very, very weak, very, very slow, kind of eking up on me. But I am so weak and so slow that I can't escape it. Okay. And the dream always ends with this, uh, like, in my head, like, homeless person, but whatever they are, um, very, very slowly stabbing me. Oh. Yeah, and, like, because we're both so weak, this is a very prolonged experience. That's not... And it happens, like, multiple times and very slowly. Ugh. Welcome to the show, folks. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Yeah, this is, is like, my my current big nightmare. That's a... And it has been for maybe, like, two, three years. I'm I'm very glad that like one I don't get nightmares often two I don't have a recurring one like that. Well, the thing. So, do you remember your dreams? Uh, not not many. Like to date, I can remember three. One, a lioness came out from under my bed and attacked me. Another one, an alien stole my brain and we chased it in a pickup truck. That one was the kind alien of okay. or the brain. The, the alien had my brain. We jumped in a pickup truck and chased the alien down <laughs> York okay. Road um, into Willow Grove. Uh, hey, Rob, could I ask you a quick question? Yes. What is E.T. short for? Extraterrestrial? Because he has such short legs. Oh. <laughs> uh, I wish I never had that dream about the alien. Well, what's your third dream? Uh, it was uh, the... I, had a set of recurring dreams in high school where uh, wherever I went to sleep, I would wake up in that spot and it was raining. Um, And I'd realized that I had left my car windows down. I'd go outside, roll my car windows up and come back inside and go back to sleep. It was the, like this happened a lot and it was the most boring possible recurring dream I think you can have. Uh, I'd know it was a dream when it clearly hadn't rained all night, Mm -hmm. but when it had rained at night, it got a little more interesting because I didn't know if I had actually done it. We can talk about this dream, we can talk about Inception, or we can talk about my recurring elementary school nightmare. Recurring elementary school nightmare sounds interesting because, frankly, I don't have a lot more to give on this dream. Like, that's all I have unless you have other questions. let's, Let's close this one out since you're pretty much done on it. Yeah. Did you ever, like, consult a dream dictionary or similar? Uh, no. No? Nope. Oh, man. High school? Ian was super into the idea of a dream dictionary. Because I also never, like, more than you, but very rarely remembered dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, I took great interest in whatever the dream was. So I like- owned, like, three dream dictionaries. And I wouldn't take them seriously, but in the same way as like a horoscope where when you read it, you can kind of feel out what you're thinking about based on how you respond to it. Okay. Um, I was very into, let's look at the dream dictionary for what this thing is. All right. Specifically, like I like doing it for myself, but I'm more like doing it for other people's dreams. Do you remember anything your dream dictionary said about car windows? No. Oh, rats. But if we were friends in high school, you would know all about it. <laughs> I'd have three sources. Uh, this next one, I need a minute to pull up a... Uh, uh, this is an audiovisual nightmare. Oh, I think I got it. Oh. Uh, Do I have to look at this video? Uh, you're going to. It's not even a, a video so much as it is um, a couple of pictures. I can put some gameplay into the show notes 
Oh, yeah. I'm, like, way more stressed at this than I thought I was going to be. Okay. So, what what we have... Oh! What we have... Uh, pick up your mic at the very least. Uh, what, okay. what we have Googled here is Google image search for Midnight Rescue computer game. Um, which is from... It was one of those, like, entertainment education games that they had when we were kids. See, I know these characters, but not from this game. Okay. Did you play Mission Think? No, I played Gizmos and Gadgets. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So we talk about this, I think, all the time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Mission Think was really good, uh, but Midnight Rescue was terrifying. Uh, so Midnight Rescue is a game where here's the thing we were talking earlier about the claustrophobia and we've been talking about my nightmares for a while and we were talking about the most danger i've ever been in in philly and i am feeling worse in this moment than i have been all night i'm very sorry about this ian i'm gonna grab a new drink (laughs) (laughs) also if you want to talk about things that aren't like scary bits from your past no 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 i'm really enjoying this okay So, so Midnight Rescue is a game where I forget the story of it, but for some reason you had to go to in, into your school in the middle of the night. Uh, the protagonist is a pair of shoes, uh, some yellow shorts, a blue jacket, and a red cap. You never actually see your face or anything. Um, but the bad guy is the bad guy. Is this the bad guy from Gizmos and Gadgets? It's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also the same bad guy and same protagonist as Mission Think. But, oh. So, for some reason, you would have to go through this school. And the school had not just, like, vending machines, but they also had film vending machines, like, for a camera. Um, And one of the things you'd have to do is when you would enter rooms, um, like, you would... Oh. Figuring out things about myself here. So, you would click on the door to, like, the drama room. And as you entered the drama room, your character would walk, and then the whole screen would change at once. It's not like the camera was, like, panning around or anything. Sometimes when you enter another screen, there would be a guy there. And by guy, I mean a robot. And you would have to very quickly take a picture of this robot to defend yourself. Is there any, like, reason for this? Or just a thing you have to do? I do not remember. You know what? I shouldn't justify this too much because the defense against robots in gizmos and gadgets was bananas so film (laughs) why not (laughs) bananas so yeah so there were these robots and you would have to very quickly like probably not that quickly uh take a photo of them and uh oh i yeah if you didn't they got you and i forget what they got you entailed and i don't even think it was that bad but it is a children's game it's a children's game, but even at the age of, like, 11, this was the scariest thing I could think of. Was I would have dreams where I would, like, go into the classroom and I either, like, wouldn't be fast enough or I wouldn't have any film. Um, which somehow you needed film, even though I'm not sure if the if the thing was that you were taking pictures of them or you were just using the flash. You're stealing the robot's soul. 
Maybe. Yeah, I guess. I didn't even know they had souls. But, yeah. Oh. This whole, the last five minutes has just been me making noises. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm clearly upset right now. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of like interested that that was a mechanic that the game chose. Like, that kind of inventory and almost like ammo management is not a thing I would expect in a children's game. Yep. And they were probably solving, oh, this one was the worst. It's like a like an upside-down oh. vacuum cleaner with a skirt. Ian has pointed out a robot that I would agree. It's not great, especially yeah, see, if I was an 11-year-old. See, here you are. You got here outside of the music-slash-art room, you know, because there's not enough. <laughs> even in video games, there's not enough funding for public schools. But there's an entire drama room? <laughs> there's a whole drama room, but no music-slash-art. Um, no separate music art. Oh. So here he is flashing. Uh, I'm gendering the protagonist. I'm sorry. See, I don't like these, uh, the floors in here. They're very uh, Black Lodge Twin Peaks. Something probably which would be lost on an 11-year-old, but... Uh, this game might predate... Is it 20 years since Twin Peaks? Uh, 25. 25? Unless we're going to say that uh, the Black Lodge takes inspiration from Midnight Rescue, which... Oh. Here's you know. the thing. If he was traumatized the same way I was, <laughs> I don't have any real trauma. What is this treasure room? David Lynch played Midnight Rescue and was like, I've got an idea. Look at all these different environments. Coins, net, treasure. This is a different game. I'm, yeah, probably from the oh, same studio. Oh, I also played this game. It was not as scary. Oh, Gizmos and Gadgets. Gizmos and Gadgets, yeah. Do you think, like, these guys just made a whole bunch of assets and were like, you know, here, a team of five people, make whatever games you can and we'll sell them. Uh, that's pretty possible. Now I'm going to Google for DOS Elf Game. Elfland. Oh, did you play Elfland? No, um, I didn't get into games until fairly late. Okay. My mom didn't get a computer and install stuff some for a while. Here's the thing. In Elfland, it's a pretty happy story about you being an elf, and you go around, and I think you get apples or something, but, like, you go around and you just hang out. You are an elf. Sounds like a pretty good day. And then you talk to either a wizard or a king or something, and then it turns out they're an evil wizard or a king or something, and they drop you into a pit, and it's dark, and there's bad guys that you can't really see, and it is very scary. This is the first thing I remember being scared of. It's an abrupt turn. Here's the thing. I have more memories of these video games than I do of any other portion of my early life. I'd say that sounds... I was going to try to counter that with, like, I remember more, but I don't remember much of anything from my early life, to be honest. Uh, the Toy Story 2 video game for computer? I had it for the PlayStation. Uh, similar, you were running around as Buzz Lightyear. Yep, yep. Yep. So here's the thing. Uh, the graphics driver, you can move back to your seat if you want to not hold the mic. I'm going to do that. <laughs> uh, the graphics driver, I guess, on our home computer back when in the days when you had like a shrine that the computer went into you know did you guys have one of those uh we had like a nook in the basement that was originally like a built-in writing desk that we turned into a computer desk we uh, had a cabinet like for some reason there was just a dedicated cabinet yeah like a brown probably seven foot tall contraption which just held the computer <laughs> a monitor and a keyboard yep we had one of those that ended up being like a seven foot wide one, but it was more like a regular desk with another what do you shelf even do on top. With seven feet wide. Hmm? What do you even do with seven feet wide? One was like it had, um, a, like an area that you put your printer on, and an area that you put like, 
books and CDs on. Like it's supposed to be more of a full desk. Um, versus like I think the ones I you're see. talking so about are like, like work. Yeah, yeah. Like I think the ones you're talking about are more like narrow. Like they're only built enough for a computer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This was like probably a later thing than that. Oh, I need to close these tabs. Yeah. <laughs> I I couldn't even tell you what I was just talking about. Uh, computer cabinet. Gizmo, not Gizmos and Gadgets. Midnight Rescue to Elfland to computer cabinets. Yeah. I don't know. I lost it. Well, now that we're lost, um, <laughs> we got two things we started. Uh, we went to a Ren Fair. Could I go one more? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you ever play The Secret Island of Dr. Quandry? Uh, no. And I just had where we had gotten to before that and then i lost it okay we're lost again as far as like dos games that stand up i think that even as an adult even though the like puzzles would be pretty easy i think i would still enjoy secret island of dr quandry okay it was a if not randomized then at least there were multiple maps um a series of puzzles where you had to move around a map and between any two adjoining points there was a puzzle um, some of the puzzles were stuff like Towers of Hanoi. Okay. Uh, some of the puzzles were things like a maze. Sometimes it was um, like Mastermind. But uh, I liked that game a lot as a kid. I don't know if I ever beat it. Yeah, it sounds like at least there's some variety in those puzzles. It's not the same over and over until you replay it a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. I mean, and even like knowing how the, the thing is, even as a kid, like knowing ideally how a puzzle should work, I would still mess them up sometimes. Yeah, it's hard to be like, eight years old and play Towers of Hanoi perfectly all the time. And especially Mastermind. That's the one I remember. Yeah. Hey, future Ian here. Um, just popping in to say that if you have any sort of dental phobias, it's probably a good idea to skip the next 12 minutes or so um, till about an hour, 53 and a half, where there's another music break. All right. Um, bye. Yeah, so for a while I was just like, I, uh, there I was um, eating my rye toast while I walked to work one day and <laughs> there was just suddenly something wrong like it was a it was a combination of something being wrong and my toast being crunchy and like just I'm gonna I'm gonna rush through this Rob, I don't no 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 don't don't I want to hear about this um, for there the was listeners just, at home I made a very bad face <laughs> do you want to take a flashlight to my mouth real quick yeah okay okay uh for the listener at home imagine the tooth imagine a tooth as like the letter a if you were typing it out on like a microwave right so you've got like the up the over the down and then the up over down on top of that uh the way that my tooth broke was basically that the roots are still there and that top square is now missing dude that sounds really painful well i don't know (laughs) (laughs) hold on Oh, okay. Um, I've confirmed my worst nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was easy. I, it's not as bad as I thought, actually. But no, like, here's here's the thing. Like, it didn't hurt. Like, that's the weird thing. I feel like that has to hurt. It's been maybe 15 months, and I still haven't. The part of this is mostly just me being terrible. But like, I still haven't done anything about it. You should probably see somebody about it. Here's but also, like, I. That just seemed like it should hurt. So I saw someone the next day about it. Oh, okay. Never mind. But I haven't. Well, I mean, not never mind, but like. 
<sighs> so really what needs to get done is it's so like deteriorated it took me no joke till i was about 24 maybe 24 and a half i did not once have a successful brush your teeth every day habit really yeah huh it was just not something that i ever got together it was not a thing okay um so it makes total sense that i would rot a tooth through enough to lose it yeah that that makes sense um rob something tells me you do not have to worry about your teeth falling out as much as you think i we can get back to that but i did not not i don't think i had to but i did worry that much for okay maybe justifiable reasons we'll get back right. to that we, we can come back but yeah um so this tooth just broke in half one day um top half of it just the way that you would stem a mushroom <laughs> basically I, I paused. I, I timed that for when Rob was taking a drink. Um, so I went to the doctor, and they were basically like, well, if it doesn't hurt you, it's okay. Um, but you should really like get it extracted and get a fake tooth put in. Uh, and I super distrust dentists. Um, really? Yeah, absolutely. Like all dentists as yes, a rule? Absolutely. Um, because Is that just a feeling or like... I, I have had three dentists in a row who have all said like oh the way the previous dentist has done this dental work is wrong we have to mm. redo it okay i guess i really haven't had any significant dental work so i've never had anything like that that's interesting that you have a fear of dental work and you haven't had anything significant i've had like four well, except for my wisdom teeth but that's all oh my root my wisdom teeth are kicking they're great oh well. i've had like four root canals um I have a couple crowns. My teeth are as terrible as they should be. I mean, it does jive for not brushing your teeth re- regularly until you're well, like 24. It's not like I, I never brushed my teeth. It's well, not but like, like I'm like saying up a... until 24. But like, and even now, like there's definitely times where I'm like, oh, I'm just not going to brush my teeth. Yeah. But like it, like you said, not having a regular habit that you like it adhered rigidly to. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I'm trying to get them done. Uh, by trying, I mean not trying that hard. But, like, I should get them done before I turn 26 and I lose my parents' really good dental insurance. He didn't. Yeah, you should. That's especially, like, you live close to at least one good dentist now. Yeah. Well, Is I mean, this one good? Uh, the one that I go to, I think he's pretty good. Do you go to the one, on like, right off the... Uh, yeah, the one where, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Nick and Chelsea and all them live? Yeah, I go to that one. He's pretty good. I, I, he's personable. He does good work. Good to know. Or at least I think so because he tells me I do a good job brushing my teeth. So either that or he's just really, really flattering me and delaying some <laughs> cavities. Yeah, no, I, I don't trust dentists. Like, I, what I really think happened as a kid was like, not as a kid, but like as a teen, was that I had like some amount of dental issues and that several people in a row realized that my mom was a very that she wanted the best for us okay and took advantage of that oh uh, so you had people that maybe not necessarily like like elective surgery but on my mouth yeah 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 i can um, see how that would that would lean you in the direction of not trusting dentists do you want to know a dental story gone wrong or no we can go straight I'm to the spider man quick drink and then yes okay all right, I'm sufficiently fortified for this. Okay. Um, 
so there are two spots. Here's a story that uh, you might not know if you weren't me. <laughs> <laughs> According to the equi- the dental equivalent of a nurse, um, there are two spots in the left side of Ian's cheek where you can inject uh, Novocaine when you're injecting Novocaine in the cheek. Okay. Uh, there's one kind of up by your cheekbone, and then there's one kind of down by your jawline. And these are injections from, like, the inside of your mouth, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you would, you would take a syringe, and you would inject into your mouth that way. Okay. Um, and apparently what happened the first time that I ever went in for a root canal appointment, a uh, root canal being when they literally drill the nerve out of your tooth, is that they missed... Uh, when injecting into that top site um and so i had to take a shot to the mouth i'm sorry everyone in the world who is <laughs> we should probably put some kind of warning at uh, the beginning I will, of this one. yeah i'll go i'll go back i'll edit something in um i'm gonna look up when we get done look up the word for fear of dental work <laughs> sorry continue op phobia ophthophobia um so uh, I had an injection like in the side of my mouth uh, and basically it was too low for the top site and because I had to take a shot to the mouth in order to get more Novocaine I did not want that so I just sat through the first appointment of this dental procedure just sobbing oh my god then I left and as I was leaving slash like as I was on my way to school because it's a Wednesday so I'm still going to history class (laughs) I show up and my mouth starts going numb because the Novocaine has, over time, drifted through the left side of my face and has now reached the lower injection point. <laughs> so I got to school and, like, uh, yeah, suddenly had a numb face. And super inappropriately, looking back at it, the computer teacher, who I was kind of friends with, uh, told another kid to punch me in the mouth. <laughs> oh, that's not great. It's <laughs> not good. The kid was my friend, and he didn't punch me too hard. <laughs> no. But he was definitely the biggest kid in the grade. So, like, oh. maybe a lapse of judgment on this teacher's part. Just a bit. That's worse <laughs> than the uh, AP Gov teacher who uh, made fun of me after I got in a car accident on my way to school. Huh. Yeah, it's all right. A car accident. Hmm? What what level car accident? Uh. Uh, totaled my car but my car like all my other cars is very cheap so that doesn't mean that I never much. knew about this what, are you okay oh yeah I'm fine I made a left turn uh, I couldn't see somebody in oncoming and glare in the early morning sun um, they hit me in the side of my car bent an axle bent the frame airbag went off but uh, mm-hmm. no one was hurt it's, that's good yeah no it, it ended up being fine um and uh, I was fine so with him. So did you get the $8 your insurance owed you for the car? Uh, no, I don't I don't think so. No, no, because Making I didn't. Making a claim probably would have been a terrible plan there. Well, I mean, I didn't carry collision on that car because it was a 96 Ford tar- uh, Mercury Sable. And it was awful. Um, it had broken motor mounts. So every now and then the engine would just lift up off the frame and fall back <laughs> down. Um. I was basically going to drive it until it died anyway, and I did. Check. Like I, like you were saying, I do have like this fear of things going wrong with my teeth. Not so much a fear of like dental procedures, so much like it. I have no like great desire to have dental work done, but I'm like less afraid of getting a cavity drilled than like my one top of my tooth falling out painlessly. 
but like this kind of came to a head about two years ago like summer after i think it had kind of been building through senior year um i grind my teeth when i sleep and especially when i'm stressed and senior year was a pretty damn stressful time as was like that summer leading up into the fall just because you're still dealing with like I'm still pretty broke from being in school mm-hmm. and clawing your way up to some kind of stability. Um, so I had started to grind my teeth so bad that I was chipping off parts of my teeth in my sleep. And I still have, I have one, two, doing some tongue counting. I have like four or five teeth that have, um, like the very tips of them chipped and divoted in. Um, and that started freaking me out. And then it also like made my teeth sore because I was just grinding them so much. So oh, I had yeah. a long period there where I was just afraid I was going to continue to chip these teeth down. Um, that's like the last time that I was really like at all nervous about them. Also a period of time where I hadn't been to a dentist in a little while because I didn't feel like going back home. Oh, I mean, that's one of those streaks that so, once you break it, it is so easy. Yeah. I don't know if I've gotten a physical in like eight years. Uh, I did get a physical... Um, but I, I did it accidentally. Okay. Um, I was going to have a mole on my arm looked at cause it was one that like, it, it was benign and ended up being benign, but just, you don't need to defend that. No. Yeah. But like it, it was one that had always given me some concern. And I thought with my insurance at my old job, um, the way I read it, I would have needed a referral to the specialist to go see a dermatologist. So I went to go for the referral mm-hmm. to just a general practitioner and they gave me a physical because it would have it like I could get it for free versus I would have to pay for a referral. Um, so I did that accidentally um, and then went to the dermatologist and they're like, yeah, no, you don't even need a referral. Why'd you do that? And then I asked them if there was a copay and they said no. And then they sent me a bill for a copay. So those jerks. I mean, I had the 40 bucks there. Like, I could have just paid it there, but instead I have to send you a check. Why? You want to talk about the Ren Fair? Yeah, I do. Cool. I want to not talk about missing teeth anymore. No wait, offense. Wait, wait, wait. We got, we got thrown off the Ren Fair because of your amp? Uh, the arrow. Right, right. The arrow, which is sitting on your amp. Yes. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's how we, <laughs> that's how we got completely lost there. Well, that was good, though. And do a favorite song for a uh, band that I played in briefly by a band I don't know. Did you guys have any shows? God, no. Oh. Anyway. Not I'm even distra- like a talent show? No. Okay. Nope. Um, we played for my our, our drummer's dog once. Nice. So, yeah. Okay. No. All right. Yeah. We'll talk about the Ren Fair. Yeah. I don't want to derail that anymore. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I guess a week and a half ago, went to the Ren Fair. Sounds about right. Um, I had been exactly once before. Uh, our friend Jackie had taken me and Marissa in 2016, and I had an awesome time uh, last year. Also, I had an awesome time this year. Um, this year, we were going for the first weekend of Halloween, so I figured a lot of people are going to be dressed up. Uh, I had bought a Spider-Man costume, which was too small, but uh, okay. Um, it, it was not made for an... Like, it was a made huge... for a small adult. Maybe. I would say a Tom large ben child. David would have fit into it. Who? Uh, you don't know him. No, I may. I literally didn't hear you. Oh, Tom Ben David. No, I also don't know that person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a smaller person would have fit fine into this. 
I was, let's let's say, eight inches too tall for this outfit. Yeah, it was like if Spider-Man suit was designed to be capris, and also didn't yes. close no, in no, the no, back. Exactly, exactly. I, <laughs> they were Spider-Man capris. <laughs> um. So here's the thing. Uh, this is a podcast. I have a voice. If you do not know what I look like, I am like pretty svelte, right? Like pretty skinny. Like it's not what svelte means. I don't think. What is S V E L T? Okay, I stand corrected. Is this with a V or with a W? Uh, it is with a V. It means slender and elegant. Okay. Yeah, I'd go elegant. Look at that elegant boy who brushes his teeth occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm like a pretty like a pretty thin dude. Um, but this Spider-Man outfit was still way too small for me. I'm like six foot. Um, no, I'm five eleven. I don't have to lie on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I round just keep, up. Just keep increasing the lie. Be like, yeah, I'm seven three. Yeah. Do you? Uh, that's definitely like a thing that guys do is like round up in height. I I did on my driver's license. I think because it's five eleven there, and I'm definitely not. I'm maybe five ten, but. Yeah, I guess I do that because I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of 510, but don't know where. So, I round up because there's there was like in high school some macho part of me that's like, oh, six foot is so much cooler than 511. There's still a little part of me that's like that. Well, I mean, you just heard that part of me come out. So, well, yeah, but don't, like, there's still despite the fact that I'm like, nah, nah, I'm around 510. Like, there's a part of me that wants to be like, no, but it's really 11. Um, my sister is very like that with uh, trying to break five foot. Um, oh yep she we have to remind her all the time actually no you're like maybe 411 you're not five this uh spider-man outfit did not fit me (laughs) um i will point out the day before the ren fair when i bought this outfit i thought that it fit me less poorly than it did um so the main thing that like the spider-man capris you know maybe that's just a style choice uh you know you can have all different kind of incarnations of spider-man will just make one that wears capris the not closing suit in the back was a bit of a bold decision yes it was it was definitely like a uh the opposite of a v-neck like a (laughs) v-back like a v-back i don't know what that's called on a dress but that's Uh, what i was rocking yeah i think i you know some exposed shoulder blades um (laughs) And that was okay, because here's the thing. When a spidered man uh, exists in the Renaissance... Why are you... That was a funny joke. You don't have to laugh off, Mike. You can laugh at my joke. <laughs> I am a small person who wants to hear people laugh at me. <laughs> I'm just laughing at spidered man. I think spidered man is very funny. It's very funny. It's... <laughs> um, I was thinking about that and just like slowly chuckling to myself as we drove up. Also, the only person who knew I even owned a Spider-Man costume prior to getting there was Marissa, and she did not see how poorly it fit. So, whoa, she didn't have an idea about. No, whoa. no, no. <laughs> that was that was good. None of us were expecting this. Um, <laughs> I had a the two outfits I packed for the Ren Fair were Spider-Man and Knight, um, but I did not want to go Knight. <laughs> so, I had uh, I put on the Spider-Man costume and also a woolen cloak which I bought and a foam sword which i tied on with twine and the thing is that as a whole this outfit becomes kind of funny because it's now just like an undersized spider-man costume 
It, it, I don't know if I would say kind of funny. It was pretty great. <laughs> to me, it was funny. I feel like I hope I didn't ruin people's fun at the Ren Fair. See, I feel like you can go to the Ren Fair and either be one of the people that fully commits, and that's fun. Or you can be someone that's just there to have a good time and wear your jeans, yes. and that's fine. Or you could be like someone that's like you were just putting something weird together and playing along and having a good time. You really, I think, have to try to be a stick in the mud at the Ren Fair. I was just scared of that uncanny valley that people would think I was mocking them. I think as long as you're being friendly. Like, that's, I think at that point, it's very much going to come down to a, how are you treating them? So I would like to describe my fear and how it played out. Because the thing that I did not, also, when I first tried on this outfit, I was able to get the V-neck on, or the back of the, the Spider-Man dress on a lot better than I was in reality. So, did you have you seen the movie Rat Race? Not in a long time, but yes. Okay, so there's the family who the point of Rat Race is they're all racing to get this money. Um, there's a family that at one point steals uh, like a vintage Hitler car and drives the Hitler car, and through a series of like circumstances, the guy like gets a fake mustache and electrocutes his tongue so he can't really talk and this was my big fear at the ren fair was just like becoming this weird like pedophile (laughs) (laughs) spider-man so like this is this is my ultimate fear because the thing that i like I, i genuinely going into this thought there would be a lot more people because it was the first weekend of the halloween at the ren fair I thought there would be a lot more people in Halloween costumes. I thought there were going to be a lot of, like, superheroes because that's an easy costume. I don't know if I saw other superheroes besides the one very good Deadpool. There was that one very good Deadpool. Who I don't think would have put up with my shit. Uh, I don't know. I think know. he would have put up with my was, shit in the way that Deadpool would have. If he was playing Deadpool, he totally would have. I, I very consciously did not make any eye contact with him when we had to pass him to get beer. <laughs> like, that, was a, that was a conscious character choice. <laughs> anyway, uh, because I had the cloak and the sword, the like weird cut down back of this did not come up much, except for when we were at archery. And, and then I was like in front of an audience trying to learn how to use a bow in this weird ill-fitting Spider-Man costume shooting a bow. Um, and that was, like, the most, like, vulnerable is the wrong word, but I was just like, oh, this you is You were different. literally armed at the time. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, so. it was different. Um, I, had a, I had a lot of fun at the Ren Fair. Rob, you fucking killed it at the archery. I Well, I've shot bows before, not a longbow like but that. But that doesn't but change the fact. It, it's been a while, but, like, it's kind of like riding a bike. If you've done it for a little bit. It comes back to you pretty quickly. Okay, so I should not give you a bow and arrow before you've showered, is what you're telling me. Uh, yeah, yeah, then I definitely <laughs> won't be able to. I'll just no. be very, very slow about it. You'll shoot, like, two arrows and give up. Yeah, I'll be like, eh, well, it wasn't so great. Yeah, I was, disappo- I was like, kind of disappointed. I had a lot of fun shooting the bow and arrow, but I did think when we were going that we were going to watch, like, an intense bow and arrow competition. Yeah, like, I... Same. I'm really, really happy I got to shoot a bow and arrow because I do like bow shooting a lot. Um, but I wanted to see some like trick shooting and people splitting arrows, and I really wanted to see that teeny tiny little compound bow that they had there. 
get shot. Like, Oh, I didn't notice that. It was the one that was about uh, two, maybe three feet from tip to tip on the, the bow. Ooh. It was small. Um, it doesn't look particularly impressive, but I would be willing to bet if you pulled that string, it's got a hell of a draw on it. Um, those little bows tend to be like super compact hunting bows. This is a thing I know zero about. Most of what I know comes from my boss in high school who was a bow hunter. Um, That's cool. Yeah. it's it, all Any of this stuff I know I picked up from him. Um, and Just to be clear, you didn't grow up in a forest. No, no. I grew up in a Philadelphia suburb. The guy I worked for just happened to like to go bow hunting and just happened to have a spare bow in his trunk one day and stopped by my house and gave it to me. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. That's like the good version of how things could have gone in the Nick Cage, the weatherman, where instead of being a pedophile, the teacher just comes over and gives Nick Cage a bow. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what Renfair highlights do we want to just mention briefly? There were the kids that were playing around while we were eating food. Yep. Um, uh, parkour Assassin's Creed kid. Uh, awesome. I couldn't tell if they were like a f- family and they were the family's kids playing or if they were just a whole bunch of kids that were there in this like little picnic area running around and jumping off this this little low wall they, they were like part they were of having a good time at the very least it seemed they came together yeah they were the two parents that like were were in charge of that group yeah oh um, they were awesome um you got curly fries i did get curly fries that twice. was i got it twice i didn't get it from the same person so i didn't have to have, live that shame <laughs> um oh i have two things uh both are people getting really into it first at human chess uh one of the the players walked over to the sidelines when people were fighting and this little kid said to him hey 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 i was at the joust i was i was rooting for you like you were yeah 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 thanks like it was adorable that's awesome um and kids are so cool yeah and then also at uh, the big joust at the end, um, Renee was just so into it. <laughs> like, I loved yeah. how into it he was. The, the joust was a lot of, like, the joust is and was a lot of fun. The only thing I wish is the last time I was there, they had people fighting in the rafters and had someone do, like, a fall off the rafters onto an airbag hidden behind things. That was really cool. Um, but yeah. It was very, very good. When was the last time you were there? High school. Okay. It's probably close to a decade. Yeah, I wish I went more in high school. See, it was far away when I didn't really drive until senior year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. Like, it's tough to get to if you don't have a car. But I wish I went more. It's a very fun place to just kind of go and and just hang out. Like, it, it, that's sort of a, a bad description of it, but, like... Maybe a way to say it is that it's the whole premise of it is a little bit on the silly side. So, and and there's definitely issues with it. Like it's super, yeah. it's super like imperialist. Like oh yeah, no, there, there's <laughs> su- there's the divine right of the king. Like that's uh, there's some messed up stuff there. Yeah, but I'm not like, saying it's not problematic, yeah. but there's a whole like conceit you have to buy into to go to it. And once you have, it's so much fun. Exactly. And you're not going to get people that go there that are like, man, this is dumb. Unless they're there on a school trip and they have to be there. Um, like, it's a very self-selecting crowd that is going to be fun when you buy into it and go. 
so I feel like at the time of us being at the Ren Fair, I had a lot more to say about this. Um, but I guess just two short comments. First, I feel like Groundhog Day style, I could have lived three entirely different days at this Ren Fair. Yeah. And had an awesome time at all of them. Like, there's so much fucking shit to do at the Ren Fair. You could, not me. Uh, but you could spend like a day doing just food. You could spend a day doing <laughs> you your glutens. Yeah, I could spend a day getting in and out of the line for curly fries, um, <laughs> and kettle corn, curled fries, curled fries, <laughs> kettled corn. Um, oh, there were the bees there though. Um, there, you could like, I feel like you could spend a day doing just food, a day doing just shops, a day following the actual plot as it is of the Ren Fair. There's all the sideshows. There's yeah. the games. Like You could spend, I feel like you could honestly probably spend a solid week at the Ren Fair and yeah. still be finding things to do. And that's not even like counting, putting on a costume, dressing up and just <laughs> pretending. Like I could spend a day watching the blacksmith. Yeah. it's. I do feel like they missed a chance where they had um, a fake water wheel at the blacksmith that they totally could have been using to stoke the... Uh, the fires or something that would have been really neat uh other comment i was going to make about the ren fair the uh this is a story about ian being wrong the first time i went there i was like haha like there's a lot of like if not furry then like furry adjacent kind of things and that's funny um what with people like there's just stands where people sell tails and stuff uh and i was super in the wrong because it's like here is a place where people can come and like be the kind of person they want to be and like pretend to be whatever they want to pretend to be and like that's great and that's there should be more places like that i don't think i picked up on that it it may not have been a thing when i was there in high school too Mm -hmm. Um, but i don't think i picked up on that if it was um but yeah like that was i'd like that that was something where didn't really seem to be addressed or a factor of discussion. It was, just, it was like, just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. That's kind of like, it seems like there's a lot of just, eh, do what you want. Have some fun at the rent fair. And aside from its problematic aspects, I do really enjoy that. It's just like, come as you are, do whatever. So I have been wearing that cape a little bit. <laughs> aside from D and D or I wore it around the house one day because I was Good. cold. <laughs> <laughs> And here's the thing. In high school, I was all about uh, the idea that, like, making fun of a slanket was really funny. A slanket being the same thing as a Snuggie. Uh, But a cape is kind of just a blanket you wear. It's like, yeah, a slanket you put on backwards. Yeah. Like a robe. Yeah. But without arms? Uh, Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's really fun to wear a robe around. Especially if it's not a shitty robe. This is just basically a blanket. That would be like a lot of fun, just to, just to. Wear you can borrow it if you want. It's not weighted, but <laughs> I'll give it a shot at D and D when I'm not DMing. Yeah, why not when you are DMing? Uh, I'm gonna leave it up to the players. Okay. So Rob. So me. So Rob. So me. So Rob. <laughs> Hi. What are you wearing? I am wearing uh, my Sinooks, some gray socks. Uh, my Sinooks continue to fall apart in the heel, and I only wear them, I don't know, kind of when I want some comfy shoes now. I don't wear them out and about much. A uh, pair of jeans, Philmont belt, and a 
shirt from the long trail in Vermont that is only slightly too small. How much of the long trail have you done? Not much. Um, I did a little bit uh, after I did my second hike at Philmont in 2010. Um, and it was with a group of four people, including myself. One of the people like wasn't going to be able to make it the entire time that we uh, were hiking. So like it, it wasn't either we were all going to have to bail out at that point or two of us were going to go on and finish and me and the other guy were going to bail. Um, so nice. yeah, didn't see a reason for all of us to head out because the other two were still fine to keep going. I did maybe 10 miles of the long trail, but you know, had a decent reason to, to bail. Somebody legitimately couldn't make it. Yeah. Do wish I did the, I, we weren't doing the whole thing. We were only doing like, I don't know. It wasn't a long section, but longer than what I did. How long is the long trail? Uh, it's a long ways. I think it runs the entire length well, of Vermont. Would, that would be the name. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of right in there, isn't it? <laughs> um, it is it is a pretty significant distance. It's not the AT or the Pacific Crest or Continental Divide or anything like that, but I think it runs the length of Vermont, if not longer. 273 miles, says Google. Yeah, that's a pretty hefty trail. It's like a month? Um... I did 150 in three weeks at a f- not like the most breakneck pace and not on like the best trails. If you were booking it. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, you could do it in a month. I guess it depends on how often you can stop off for food. Yeah, because like if you were if you were through hiking, like AT through hiking yeah. speed that, you could finish that in two weeks. Like if you're really pushing it. If you're just moving fast, you could realistically do it in probably three so yeah a month is probably a good goal to finish that you might be able to find a month someday for it if i could i would do that like that's a nice trail it's not like it's not super hard it's pretty well cut um it's not out in the middle of nowhere so Um, meaning i don't have to take a flight and then another flight and then another flight to get to it fake nightmare Having to make the decision between spending three months doing the AT and three months biking across the country. Oh, and that like you just don't know what you would pick. Yeah, I I do, but like I don't like biking enough to commit to that. I would definitely do AT. I was gonna skip this. I was really really gonna get into DMing, but I want to talk really quick about the MS bike ride. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm wearing my green. Uh. Are they Pumas? Are they Adidas? There's some. There's something. Uh, I think I saw a Puma on the tongue of one. I think they used to be Pumas and now they're old. They're a Puma. Um, they the look kind of like bowling shoes. Um, I I wear these shoes. They're my like number one wear shoes. Got them at Buffalo Exchange. Want to find more of them because these ones are getting old, and they're great. Uh, blue socks, brown pants. You know, standard work garb. Uh, and then I changed out of my button-down today because it was really fucking hot out, as we discussed. I'm wearing a World is a Beautiful Place and I am no longer afraid to die shirt that I think I got the f- when I saw them during the Between Bodies tour. Um, it is mountains and kind of layered. And then bandana-wise, to keep this mane in check... Oh, I have my glasses because I ran out of contacts like a week ago. Um, and I've been wearing my glasses more and more. 
And then bandana-wise, I'm wearing a very spoopy skeleton bandana. It's pretty spoopy. Yeah, don't get... Here's the thing. We didn't take a selfie last week. When we take a selfie this week and you look at it, don't get too spooped out. Concentrate on Rob. That'll keep you in the non-spoop zone. I know we've talked about a lot of spoopy things on this one, but this is the spoopiest. (laughs) Uh. Um, MS Bike Ride. So I got into MS Bike Ride because uh, Marissa's uh, brothers had done it in the past. And so for those of you not from the area, it is the City to Shore Ride. Um, It starts in very western new jersey so a couple miles away from philly um and is a bike ride down to ocean city which is on the ocean uh there's different starting places and one ending place but there's 25 45 80 and 100 mile rides i actually ended up doing the 100 mile ride this year which i was not expecting to do uh i think you had been targeting in the 70s i was targeting the I thought that was a 75. I was targeting the 80, and it literally wasn't. So the difference between the 80 and the 100 is that if you're doing the 100 at mile 45, you basically run a 20-mile, like, jut out to the side. Um, And it really wasn't until mile 40 or so that I was even like, oh, I can do this. Um, I really expected to be feeling worse. I didn't do a ton of training. The longest ride I had done leading up to it, I think, was 63 miles. Um, but I did all that, and, like, I felt great after. So the day of, I was feeling very good, and I just ended up going for the 100, and I made it. And I was really proud of myself. Um, there a uh, weird thing for a minute. Uh, so when I was uh, sad following my uh, breakup during college one of the things that I thought about a lot was the idea of biking to the ocean and I'm not sure if MS bike ride is what gave me this idea or if it was something else but I had this idea all the time of like what if I just got up one morning and I biked until I was suddenly at the beach and the idea of like biking until I was at the beach and then taking a jar of sand from the beach, maybe telling people about it, maybe not, and just taking the train home, that seemed very, like, it, it, was, it was like a driving emotion to me. Like, this is a thing that I felt the need to do. But because of all the practical issues with it, um, it was before Uber or any of that existed, I did not think that I could... Uh, do it really i i had never biked that far it was i wasn't biking that much at that time um it didn't seem like a good plan so i never tried and i had forgotten all about this until the last like half mile um and when i remembered this while i was finishing the ms bike ride as i was biking through ocean city i just started sobbing like it's not that i'm a crier and it's also not that i'm a not crier um, I'd say maybe, like, maybe I get a little more emotional than people at some things. It's weird. Like, I think re-media, I am a crier, and re-life, I am not, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, um, I remembered this, and just like, oh, 
tears down my face. Like, the idea that my legs and body had brought me from the city to the beach. Uh, this thing that I thought about and really thought about a long time and written off as impossible. It was amazing. It was maybe the coolest thing I'll do. That's really cool. Like, yeah. That's kind of like a double cool accomplishment. City to Shore is, like, and doing 100 miles is nothing small in its own right. But then, like, the fact that you had that as a goal way, not maybe not way in your past, but in your past and then accomplished. I mean, a couple of years, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, at the same time, like, all of the... Th- all of the feelings that were driving me towards I feel the need to bike to the shore were gone, you know? And so it was very cool to be like, not only did I do this thing, but I don't even need to have done this thing anymore. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. Um, uh, one of the, <laughs> one of the things that was definitely true at Emma's bike ride was, uh, like I like to talk on here, the idea of people throwing shapes. Uh, when I was at the 75-mile start, I saw two other people in this, like, packed area who were not wearing jerseys. I showed up, and I might have just sent snaps. I might have actually saved one of these as a picture. But I was, like, super underdressed. Um, the shorts that I normally wear for biking are the crotchless shorts that I've worn to this because they are just so ripped. Um, they're my aero shorts. And so I was walking around in, like, these ripped-ass shorts. I had a T-shirt on. My bike is not in great condition, um, but it is in, like, riding condition, you know? It, it gets me where I need to go. Like, I know this is a weird thing to say. Like, MS Bike Ride is supposed... Is... It's not is supposed to be. It is a charity... <sighs> I'm kind of lost in what I was trying to say here. Just, it it was supposed to be a charity thing but it ended up doing a lot for me personally and i'm grateful to the ride for that and i'm excited for next year's nice i'm glad it was such a good experience for you yeah um the end you want to talk about dming let's talk about dming cool thanks for the thanks for the life raft here (laughs) (laughs) so um Ian and I have been players in a campaign of D&D for it's probably been like four or five months. Um, I don't think it's been that long. I think it's been maybe I'm, three. I'm maybe counting Arvind. Yeah, I wasn't around for, for okay. Arvind. Yeah, I know. Anyway, somewhere between three and five months. Um, and uh, there's been interest in the campaign with people running one-off sessions or players running one-off sessions, letting our DM take some time off or play as a player. So Ian and I are going to do that this week. Um, I've got a session queued up for uh, two days after we're recording this. Ian's got one queued up for five days after. Uh, however, like Tuesday that. minus Sunday works. Yeah, yeah, I think it's five. Um, anyway, in the next real week, uh, Ian and I are both going to be running sessions of D&D for our, uh, our group that we play with. Um, and this will be my first time DMing. I'm excited also kind of apprehensive about it i don't really know how to balance anything before we get to dming i would love to hear just like 10 to 30 seconds about your character oh okay i know about your character but you know 
All right. Uh, so the general gist of my character is uh, his name is Kellen. He is a gnomish wizard. Uh, there's a thing that I want to say that I'm holding because I don't want you guys to know about it yet. Cool, cool. Um, basically, he saw a town very nearly get destroyed by a flood when he was young and saw somebody save it with magic, and he's been striving to uh, do that for people who are in harm's way ever since. That's cool. Uh, that hasn't come up at all. No, no, it hasn't, which is kind of unfortunate that I staked my character on that, and that hasn't happened. All right, well, get ready for Sunday. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, built, I built some things into Sunday. I'm looking forward to this. Um, also, I'm also very much looking forward to yours. Uh, mine doesn't have so much... No, no, I I didn't mean for that reason. I just meant in general. I'm looking forward to you DMing. I'm looking forward to, to DMing. Uh, so I play Kazba slash Notion. Uh, she is a gnomish warlock. Uh, she is very positive and also pretty laid back, I like to think. Uh, definitely kind of, if not a party animal, like party animal seems like the wrong word, but like, Enjoys being in the spotlight, for sure. Uh, and also definitely cares more about the people around her than she might let on. Okay. But but generally tries to be positive. Uh, she's a Raven Queen Warlock, meaning that she is super death-based. Uh, which is weird for being a positive person, but definitely has a different relationship with death than I think a lot of other members of the party would. Yeah, she doesn't seem to be particularly afraid of it. In the slightest. I'm not sure if our tank has had any death-saving throws, but I am sure that I have had three sets of them so far. I think I have. No, no, I just, I should have in that one fight. Uh, it might have been one where I wasn't here. Uh, I, you weren't here. Uh, anyway, I got downed four or five times in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for perspective, for people that don't know D&D, that's not a thing you should do with your wizard. Mm-mm. Does Kevin have things where he can, like... I don't previous know. Previous guest Kevin have things where he can, like, actually incentivize people to attack him? I don't think he does yet in any way. Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, so, you're DMing on Thursday. I am. Um, Are you more excited for the story parts of it, the interaction parts of it, or the battle parts of it? Um... I'm excited for the interaction parts of it. There's a little bit of story that, like, that there's mostly, like, I have something I want that I need to introduce to you guys because that's where the campaign's going. Mm-hmm. And I'm just writing some filler stuff around it. So story is in the overall narrative. It's a, it's a one-off. Um, so did you interact? So Danny is our DM. Did you work with Danny in setting this up? He had, like, there was an outline of a thing he wanted, uh, like, an end goal. And he's like, yeah, but I don't care how you get there. As long as you don't break the lore of the world. Got it. Um, then you're fine. Which my first one, I talked it over with him, and he loved the idea, but it completely broke his lore. Mm. Which sucked. That's annoying. Yeah. Because uh, I was I was really interested in that one. Um, the, Do you want to tell me? Are you allowed to tell me what it is? Oh, the first idea. Yeah, the one that doesn't work.
so the first one was based on a um originally based on a conceit from a book called the city and the city yep okay um, here we are again yeah ian and i have talked about this a couple of times um, you may or may not have heard of it but uh if for the listeners at home you may or may not have heard of it <laughs> um it's a good book if you want to read it um i would suggest not listening for a little while and then coming back because i'm gonna address some parts that are kind of key to uh, you know what it's not that key you don't worry about it the the main thing with the city in the city is that there's two cities which occupy basically the same street grid but through culture you're not allowed to acknowledge the presence of either one so like if you stand on one side of the street and it's one city and the other side of the street is the other city you have to ignore that other side of the street like you still have to not run into the buildings and not get hit by the cars from the other street other city that are on the street but you can't acknowledge that they're there at all so i wanted to do something like that but i couldn't find a good way to like make that mechanism work in D&D except for like you roll perception but fail it a lot mm-hmm. like it, there was going to be a lot of rolling and not a whole lot of fun um, that's it, a definite fear for mine it's like that's a hard line to walk like you might have a cool thing but like you need to have people find it on their own and it not be like just a roll of the dice thing uh, I'm that's I like limited the number of things that can be found in mine because of that. Um, the one I'm actually doing. Okay, cool. Um, eventually it led me down a path to like a similar thing where there's like, there was a town where it had that kind of overlap going on, like two cities occupying the same space, but they acknowledged each other. And there was like interaction between the two until something happened that caused one city to cut that line off and they just retreated to the other side. Um, when they did that, um, like the rest of the area that was formerly the other city was just empty space. And the other city slowly started building it. It had been over the course of like a couple hundred years. So there was plenty of time. The city had essentially built all the way through. Um, and then you started noticing weird things like a house would fall down for no reason. This would happen. Um, and like you would have one old elf who's like, I know what's going on somebody needs to go over and stop this the other side is coming back um like we can't at this point like the street grids no longer are separated it it will destroy lots of things um so you said like we would get sent the party would get sent to the other side of it and it would have been an alt history version of this world our world um that's a that's a uh, big plate you got there. Oh yeah, it is. It was fun because you guys would have walked straight into a comic con where you your garbs would have made sense. Hmm. Yeah. There was a lot that I had. Um, it's disappointing that you, in your head at the very least, if not on paper, prepared a lot and that it's unusable. Yeah. But I'm. I don't know. In thinking about my session, this oh. Uh, ready for the nerdiest, dumbest sounding thing, but I, I truly mean it, so, like, fuck any sort of, uh, part of me that's like, don't say this, but, like, it's been a lot of imagination that I don't normally get to use, and it's been a lot of fun to, like, try and put these things together. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely part of 
it's a thing I don't get to exercise much. Absolutely. Um, even like when I get to do creative things, it's not usually in a, a story driven sense like this. Yes. Yeah. Um, creative software fixes that I make at work are not in any way the same muscle as no you want to invent these five characters four characters you know what are they like how do they interact with each other yeah it's it's a very it's something i particularly like i find challenging i don't know if i'm good or bad at it because i haven't done it much but it's something that doesn't come naturally to me it's weird because at the same uh um there's two parts of me one part of me is like oh it shouldn't matter if you are good or bad at it because like if it is exercising a kind of muscle that you don't and that you find fun like you should do that thing yeah at the same time it's like okay you don't i know you rob to some extent you know (laughs) uh and i'm sure that you don't want to make a thing where we all trudge through five hours of putting up with rob yeah and that's the definite fear yeah like i don't want to to make something that seems like interesting to me and then it ends up being like it doesn't either doesn't play well or even if the mechanics are there like it was only interesting to me i have concerned about both of those i have two mechanics i'm trying to introduce during my session i think one of them is going to be a lot easier than the other I'm scared of the reception of the second one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's either going to be a lot of, like, oh, this is cool and, like, this is different, or you took away the part of the game that I enjoy. I I played it safe with mechanics on mine. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a piece of scenery that I really like. Okay. That um, I'm going to try to draw it. So that's not going to go that's well, but cool. I'm going to try to draw it. No, can we talk about this? Yeah, sure. Rob, when do you draw ever? I don't. This is why <laughs> oh, it's not right. going to go well. Uh, what? T- well, okay, so it's um, Whatever. 2259, last I checked. So you're going to draw this tomorrow. Oh, yeah, it would not be tonight. In what? Or with what? Uh, sketch it on a piece of paper. Um, I don't have the ability to like do draw this on a computer. Um, I don't know if I have the ability to draw it on a piece of paper accurately either, um, but it'll be better than on a computer because I don't have a drawing tablet or anything. At the very least, I think that whatever you draw on a piece of paper combined with a verbal description you give would be better than a verbal description you give. True, yeah. So, um, like, you know, the worst you can do is nothing? Yeah, um... Yeah, so I'm going to try to draw that. It, it's, like, that I think is the part that I like the most. It I don't know if it's necessarily fits super well in Danny's world that he's made, mm-hmm. um, but... Oh, this sounds like a big... Like, this sounds like a very unique thing. Oh, fuck the phrase very unique. <laughs> but this sounds like a very unique thing. Uh, it's not... Um, I, I don't think it's something that comes up the way I presented it in D&D. Usually it's just, like, presented in a more of a generic term. Well, I mean, if you're excited about it, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Still apprehensive. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess Danny's used to putting together, like, new material and stuff. But um, I uh, uh, 
don't know if I could deal with like putting together new stuff every week and dealing with reception. Like, fig- are people going to enjoy it? If it were, I don't know. I feel more personally. I feel more uh, fear, uh, anxiety. One of those about the fact that I'm only putting together one. Because if I were doing it every week, like you can have a bad week. True. Whereas, like, oh, I'm spending it's I'm spending multiple weeks on this. This is a thing I've thought about on my bus rides for a while. Here are characters I really like. Here is a story which I think is cool. I'm going to present it, and hopefully other people think it is too. But like, it's it's almost like here is my one shot, and that's the part that's scary to me. Yeah, it, it's you don't have like a lot of time to introduce these people you can't just have something like where you throw out some characteristics and then we go off and fight some people and you throw out some more characteristics later everything has to happen that one night yeah it's uh i'm looking forward to both of them also just because i think that the way that like people handle being a dm is going to be different yeah um i'm interested to see how that plays out um i'm interested to see how Danny plays a player character mm-hmm. versus him controlling things. Yeah, uh, I'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, it's only been three hours, but uh, maybe we should wrap up. I guess we could. I'm gonna be tired. Yeah. Tomorrow. I do have to eat more dinner than the shitty slice of pizza I had at 4:30. Yeah, you should eat more dinner. That's not a good... I'm not going to, but I should. <laughs> should. Go home and eat more dinner. I'll go home. <laughs> well, 50%'s not bad if you grade on a curve. Yeah. I had three beers. How much... That's... Uh, that's probably like 450 calories. That's most of dinner. That's good. There you go. Liquid dinner. Combine that with the pizza, and that's dinner. That's plenty of calories. I'm going to say food, but that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, This isn't much of a joke. Like... <laughs> Ideally, I'd go home and, like, make something extra, but, like, when I think of things on a calorie perspective, like, I'm low on nutrition, but, like, fine on calories. I'm not biking right now, so I don't want to go home and, like, have an extra meal. I don't know. You've got enough to, like, keep your metabolism going. Exactly. You don't need it for anything else at the moment, so. I have a weird relationship with nutrition, which should come up in another episode. I was going to say, we're getting close to something else that's on the list. But yeah. We don't particularly have time for that. <laughs> um, not not in any sort of bulimia, a- anorexia, not in any sort of that way. Just in like a, I don't think I actually know how nutrition works. I took a nutrition class in college. And basically what I learned from that is that uh, you should care about nutrition all the time. Uh, because <laughs> up until you're 28, it makes your body stronger. And then once you're 28, you start dying. Oh, good. <laughs> so <laughs> I have another uh, two and a half years of not dying. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like time to uh, time to start this gym habit. I'm not doing. Good thing I started running. Yeah, we'll see how long it lasts once it gets cold. Rob, this is an educational podcast, as you know. Of course. Of course. Of course it is. What do you? What did? What did we learn today? What did we learn today? I got mine. Do you want? Do you want to start or should I start? I'll start with something. Okay. I learned that facing your fears isn't always as bad as it seems. Oh, look at you with your bullshit. <laughs> like, look at you with your nice, like, wrapping up, at, you know, classic end of the three-hour sitcom. <laughs> like, you know, three hours and all their problems go it's away. It's not that bad. I looked at some teeth. 
Like, it's not that, that was, big of a revelation. I look at my teeth, and they're pretty disgusting. <laughs> so, I'm... I didn't think you were going to take me up on that, and I was proud of you when you did. And then you listened to my Novocaine story. So, like... Oh, that, the Novocaine story, I think, was worse. Like, yeah, the thought of... Oh, this contradicts, directly contradicts what I said about fear <laughs> of dental procedures. But that sounds worse than your other tooth. Than your teeth just falling out. All right. Well, um, to directly contradict what Rob said, I learned that I am still far more upset by the same fears that I had when I was 11 (laughs) and that merely pulling up pictures of a thing that scared me in my dreams as a child is enough to like I'm gonna like go home and like put a heating pad on my back or something like I have a a definite test definite tenseness going on here (sighs) anyway uh, this has been Friend Diagram. If we have outro music, that's cool. <laughs> if not, I guess that's cool too. Yeah. yeah. If we have intro music, that was also cool. It was by some cool people. <laughs> uh, I really don't think. I think we got it all. La- oh, no, no. We'll just put this off to next time. I have some, I have some shirt statistics. Oh, okay. That we'll, we'll talk about next time. We'll make this top of the order next time. All right. Night, Rob. Night, Ian. It's me, Future Ian. Uh, we do have an outro music. It's by our special friend Danny, who also made our bumpers. Thanks also to the quote-unquote cool people from Slow Club, who let us use their song Our Most Brilliant Friends as our intro. Uh, you can see show notes like the titular upside-down vacuum cleaner with a skirt or the Nancy Drew video that still terrifies me. I almost dropped my laptop um, in our kitchen at www.frienddiagram.com. Lastly, uh, here is your reminder that Election Day is November 6th, So make sure you have a plan to vote, Um, like what time of the day you will actually do it, Uh, and what else you have to shift in order to make that work. All right, good luck this week.